Welcome back to the Trifecta Soft Podcast. I'm your host, E-Rock. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you haven't already, so you never miss another podcast. Also, do me a favor. Go on to whatever podcast app you listen to us on and give us a rating and review. That really helps us rank in the searches. Thank you so much. Let's get into the podcast. All right. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks, Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, I, uh, man, when I posted or when you posted about doing the uh, podcast, there were so many people. Houdini, like all these people that I've talked to already, <laughs> were going crazy, bro. Hell yeah! Yeah, they they're all they're all good people. They're all good friends of mine, especially yeah. the HSA guys. Like, there's a huge support down here too. Right, for sure. Now, where are you at? Where are you located at? Uh, Rhode Island. Mm. Okay. Fucking cold yeah. ass weather. It's like uh I think it's like shit cold right now. Uh let's see. According to the Weather Channel app, it is thirty three with a feel like of twenty nine. That's not that's not terrible for for right now. Uh let's see what it is here in South Carolina. It's not too too much, you know, difference. 44, it's about 10 degree difference. Yep. Yeah, it's not too terrible. I was just walking out in uh, a short sleeve and stuff, so I guess I'm just built different. I was riding my motorcycle to EA Fest, and it was like 40, 45 degrees. Woo! Yeah. Mm, it was a good, that, good time. That wind gets cold when you're on a bike. Oh, yeah, especially when you're on a... Uh, a sport bike like me, I just cruise like 80 miles an hour and it just whips. Yeah, I'm sure it feels like nothing. Yeah, your legs go numb after a while, but it is what it is. <laughs> what kind of sport bike you got? I got a 03 CBR 600 double R. It's, it's a nice bike. I got it for 3500 bucks. Nice. Now, yeah. what's the, uh, a buddy of mine had a, um, I rode a, a CBR 600. But uh, what's the double R? Is that different uh, race, than a regular? It's race ready. So, like, mm. it's the faster version. They started making the, the double R's in 03, so it's the first model year. But it's gotcha. fast. That, thing's, that bike's fast. Okay. Hell, yeah. Now, is that your first sport bike? No, I've had a couple before that, but I just sold them all. And then I was like, you know what? I need to get a new bike. Bought that, saw that one, bought it. Well, took it for a ride, bought it, and it's worked fine because Extreme's 45 minutes for me. It's on the other end of the state. So when it's nice out, I'll just hop on the bike and cruise right down there. Right. So That's cool, man. Yeah, it works out. Yeah, Rhode Island doesn't have too bad of weather. I mean, it's uh, you, you probably have some harsh winters, right? You guys have a lot of snow in the winter? Yeah, we have we have a lot of snow in the winter, but uh, Rhode Island weather and New England weather is just so sporadic. Like, just uh, what day? It's Monday, so I worked, what, Friday, Sunday? Friday, it was um, like 76 degrees, and now it's 30-something <laughs> 30 30 degrees. at night, yeah. Yeah, that's typical for... Well, even here, uh, we had Saturday, we were in, we went to a, a mill sim in uh, Barnwell, South Carolina, which is um, towards the south, like 
south of the state, you know, the southern part of the state, uh, two and a half hours south of where we're at. So we're, where I'm at in Simpsonville is only like, um, maybe 45 minutes to an hour from the North Carolina border. And, yeah. um, so we were two and a half hours south. Saturday was sunny and 70 something. And then Saturday night was like third in the thirties. <laughs> Same yeah, thing. It's crazy that that weather changed, but I don't mind the cold anymore living here for so long. It's just, I'm kind of used to it. I've gone outside and shoveled, you know, six to seven inches of snow off my truck in short sleeves. Yeah. Just just like it's nothing. I grew up in Cleveland area and I was the same way. Um, I was, the cold never bothered me. I didn't like it, but it never bothered me. I went to work in shorts and a t-shirt I worked night shift uh, years ago in Ohio, and in the winter, snow everywhere, uh, all my uniforms, I worked in a factory. We had a uniform service, so, uh, and I worked on machines, so, uh, you know, you get grease and shit all over you, so we had, we all had the uh, uniform service, well, we had lockers in the locker room, so we would just change there, and uh, so I would drive to work in shorts, t-shirt, and tennis shoes, and walk in and like never bothered me. And yeah. now that I've been in South Carolina for uh, 15 years, I fucking hate the cold, bro. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I was just talking to Scotto about that uh, yesterday. Um, he's he's like, you know, it, it, I was playing and it was cold. I'm like, Scotto, what's cold for you? 65? And he goes, <laughs> well, when I start shivering, I'm like, so 65? He goes, yeah, basically. Right. So, so That's funny. him being in Cali, he, he hates the cold. I'm sure. Yeah, you get used to that warm weather. Um, your blood gets thin, and then uh, mm-hmm. cold. you get in a cold area. It's like, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Now, are you from a, Rhode Island? Originally? Yeah, I was. I, okay. I've lived in Rhode Island my whole life. I'm 34. I've lived here my whole life, so I'm I'm kind of. I like I like it out here. Like I actually, when I was going to college when I was uh, eighteen or seventeen ish, uh, one of my admission, uh, yeah, my admissions questions, I had to write an essay, a short essay on if I could move anywhere, where would I move and why? And I contradicted the question and said that I wouldn't move anywhere. I would stay in Rhode Island. Because Rhode Island has, you know, the beaches, it has the scenery, the history, it has the city, and then it has every season. We experience every season. So it, it's gotten well over 100 degrees in the summer. It yeah. gets, you know, the leaves fall in the in the fall, and it's fantastic. And then you get cold in the winter. So, I mean, you can do everything here. So there's no reason to move out of here other than the high cost of living. Gotcha. Yeah, I wondered how I like how uh, how the cost of living was there. Like, what's your gas it, prices right now? Um, I think it's three forty. Three forty. But yeah, no, no, it's not terrible. But then uh, I just go into the gas station, say I want twenty bucks, and I take what I can get. But uh, right. the minimum wage is, I believe, eleven. Um, but with skilled trades, you get a little bit more like I work on, I work for the, 
a t- the town next to me, I work on a 911 ambulance. I'm an EMT cardiac, which is special oh. EMT that's only in Rhode Island. It's pretty much like a, I guess you could call it diet paramedic. I can do almost everything a paramedic can do except for some medications and some invasive procedures like uh, needle decompressions and surgical crikes. Um, I can't do that, but I can right. intubate. I can give 33 medications, including like uh, all those things that'll stop your heart, all the meds that'll stop your heart. I can give fentanyl. So I make like 23, 39 an hour as a probationary fire medic because I'm also a firefighter. So okay, I make pretty decent money and it's, it's not bad, but rent for places up here, like you'll get a one bedroom. It's like, 1500 bucks a month or a thousand bucks a month for a one bedroom apartment. Okay. And that's so kind of like in the, in the city area. Uh, it's, it's like, I guess you can call it, well, comparatively, if you look at places like Cleveland and Atlanta and Boston, those yeah. are big cities. So what we call a city in Rhode Island is kind of like a city. It's like a small city, but yeah. it, it's more like, just densely populated suburbia right so it's it's just the prices have just gone through the roof but it's not terrible yeah i mean you can survive that's actually pretty close to uh pretty close to what what we have here in south carolina in this area in greenville it's um you know it's a i think like a one bedroom in downtown greenville area uh which is really pretty um and you know walking distance from a lot of these apartments uh are you know it's really close to the main downtown area which is uh like i said it's really pretty they've got a lot of stuff there to do it's about a thousand to twelve hundred a month for well it's it's not one bedroom it's a two bedroom but they're pretty small um those are actually the a lot of the units that i've been working on in the past year you know fixing up Mm-hmm. And uh, flipping or, you know, whatever. So, well, renting. And uh, they, uh, uh, yeah, so they range 900 to 1,000, 1,200, whatever. But it's a two-bedroom. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, not- when I when I, when I I went down, I went down to Myrtle Beach uh, probably, oh, man, how old am I, 34? Uh, probably, like, maybe <laughs> 10 years ago or so. Yeah. Uh, I went down to Myrtle Beach, and when I was just buying stuff down there, it was like night and day compared to up here. Like when I smoked, I smoked uh Newports. So when I bought a pack of cigarettes down there, it was drastically cheaper yeah. than up here. Like right now a pack of Newports is going for thirteen fifty a pack. Holy shit. Uh, yeah, they're uh here they're about seven. Right. That's what I mean. The, the, uh, when I went down there, I was like, holy shit and I bought like a carton of them to drive up here with because it's just so drastically different, but it's like thirteen dollars a pack for for Newports yeah. right now, which that's is why I'm glad find... I don't smoke cigarettes. Yeah, no shit, right? That's what you'll find. Well, I used to smoke too, um, you know, marble, whatever. And uh, when they jumped up to like seven bucks, um, I would just get the cheaper brand or whatever. But uh, I think that's where you notice where a lot of people notice the difference between different states is uh, some of those things that where there's certain uh, government taxes on 
is, you know, so South Carolina is, is very, um, I guess, uh, you know, Republican kind of state, you know what I mean? Like our governor is, he's been in in office for a long time. He's, um, I mean, anyone could be better. Everyone could be better. Uh, the system's not perfect, but he is, uh, that our system down here is very, um, open with, uh, you know, freedoms and less government involvement. So it's, uh, you, you don't get a lot of the high taxes that, um, right. and even our state tax is, uh, is under seven. I think it's like 6% or something, you know, so it's not terrible, but yeah, that's yeah, not like up, 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 up here is kind of, kind of like it has its perks, but it doesn't have its perks at the same right. time. Like we have a lot of, a lot of butting aheads. Like for example, a, a concealed carry permit in the state of Rhode Island. I have two non-resident concealed carry permits. So I have one out of Florida and one out of, I think it's New Hampshire. Um, those, those give me like 33 states of reciprocity, but they do not give me Rhode Island or Massachusetts. So Rhode Island, if I go to the attorney general's office, it's a, uh, a May issue. So they can give me a permit and be like, nah, you don't need this and say no and deny me because they want to give for work purposes only. It's actually written on the permit. Um, but if you go to your police chiefs, you they are shall issue. So if you meet the criteria, they will give you a permit. Huh. But the police the police chief's permit has a no wait period for purchasing. So if you walk hmm. into a, a gun store, you can be like, I want this. Here's my money. Here's my permit. And they'll be like, there you go. Have a nice right. day. Where the attorney general's office, you still have to wait the seven days. Yeah. So it's it, it's stupid, and we have red flag laws, oh, um, okay. which which are good and bad at the same time because I understand the concept, I do, right. and I support the concept. However, the system is flawed because mm-hmm. I was in the army for five years. You know, I've been through a lot of shit in my life, and I am actually red flagged where I can't purchase any firearms in the state of Rhode Island without a written letter from a doctor saying I'm mentally competent because of one time in 2011 where I called for help and a cop showed up like, like somebody called on me and the cops like, who are you talking to? And I said, I'm talking to the VA. Here's the phone. And he was, he's like, all right, yep. It's the VA. You're good. I'm like, I'm fine. I just need someone to talk to. And he left. The cop left. Yeah. Because because of that, they red flagged me and said I'm a suicide risk. So oh, I, I'm like, wait, I'm like, wait a second, because I went to go buy a 308 uh, Remington 700 SPS Tactical. Nice. And they they flagged me, and the troopers like, yeah, I can't. You're red flagged. I'm like, let, let me ask you something. What am I gonna do? Shoot yeah. myself at 300 fucking yards. He's like, yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm like, okay, so what about the pistols that I have? He goes, oh no, you can keep all those. You just can't buy something new. I'm like, that makes no sense. Yeah. That, that oh. is a big problem. Those, uh, those blanket rules like that, 
those those uh, laws like that that uh that you know most of those laws are created for the what five percent or less mm-hmm. that you know break the rules or break the maybe not a rule but you know that's why they're making a new law or whatever it's it's a very small percentage of people it's like you know that old saying you know oh man that one guy fucked it up for everybody you know um so the blanket rules are uh they're they're not they don't work well for general you know population so yeah that's uh i've heard of that a lot and if you so you get penalized if you ask for help and then uh but then they're saying you need to ask for help (laughs) right right it's it's don't penalize me then (laughs) right because you're criminalizing mental health but saying mental health's a problem but nobody wants to get the help because they're going to be criminalized. Like you're taking away my right to purchase firearms. Yeah. And like everyone's all up in arms about AR-15s. I have an AR-15. Yeah. It's never shot anybody. It's sitting there peacefully. Yeah. yeah. All these right here, man, they're like, hey, they're they're good. Right. I have 30 round magazines. They've never done anybody harm. No. But – Everyone's like, Except oh, my 30 round when I load them. <laughs> yeah, like it, it, that's it. But it's like 30 round mags aren't the problem because you're, I want to challenge somebody who's opposed to 30 round mags and say, okay, you take a 30 round mag, I'll take three 10 round mags. We're going to time it and I want to know the difference between the two because I bet you right. it'll be fractions of a second. Fractions of a second, dude. Yeah. yeah, like I'm, I'm going to count the rounds and I'm going to drop it. I'm going to hit the switch and I'm going to keep going. Yeah. Like it's not going to do anything. You're just making more laws. I think uh, – I really think that most of those magazines – any of those laws that are based on the – like the gun laws that are based on peripheral shit like the magazine stuff, the bump stop, whatever, all these other, you know – stuff that's the extra besides just the gun itself i think it's really the ones making the laws i don't think they care about that one specific thing i think they care mostly about the getting rid of guns completely Mm -hmm. and uh for whatever reason um and then but they know that that's not going to pass so they just do these small little chunks well if they'll if they'll uh accept the you know, this magazine law, then we can push it. Keep, we'll just keep pushing it and keep pushing it. It's like, uh, some of the ridiculous laws in Canada with, um, with whatever guns they are allowed to have the hunting ones or whatever, they have really crazy restrictions and allowances that make no sense. Like what you're talking about. Yeah. You can keep your pistols. It's fine, but you can't buy a, a, a hunting rifle. So, it's an agenda, but I have a friend, an airsoft friend, uh, his name's Mike. Um, he lives up in Canada, and I could tell because his Instagram name is like CNDN. And I'm like, oh, you're from Canada, huh? And we started talking to him. It's like Canadian big, uh, I think it's big, I don't know. Yeah. But he um we started talking i'm like hey if you ever need anything that you know you can't find over there let me know i'll ship it up to you and he's like nope they will stop every single part that comes through 
Yeah, Canadian Big Bear Airsoft. He said they'll stop every part that comes through for airsoft guns going at customs because right. of the pending things. Yeah, that one that's uh, the whatever C twenty one or something like that. That's uh, so. I had a couple guys on from Canada to talk about that specific thing uh, just a couple months ago. ELR um, airsoft, so extreme long range. And they do a real a bunch of cool stuff with uh, the airsoft thing. They've been doing uh, training ops for uh, getting sniper certifications and airsoft and all that kind of stuff for years. And um, so anyway, one of the first things the Bacon said this is call sign Bacon. He uh, he's actually involved in the parliament in Canada, so he knows a lot of the behind the scenes on how this bill came up, why they're doing all this shit, whatever. The first thing he said uh, was the reason this stuff happened is, is happening is because we the people were lazy. We didn't pay attention over the past bunch of years to what was going on in the government and these new laws and this and that. And we didn't stop it. We didn't, you know, push our representatives or their, uh, I guess their MPs, I guess they call them, members of parliament, to uh, not keep voting for stricter and stricter gun laws. He said it was, it's really, we need to take responsibility for it as the people that we're not paying attention. We just allowed this to happen. That was his first thing. And then he went on to explain, you know, so it was really cool. There's people like that that take responsibility. Uh, Cause that really is what, what happens. And I talked about this with uh, somebody just recently. Um, actually the podcast that'll come out Friday, the same thing came up. Um, where, you know, because I think because the Canada thing is so close right now and it's been, um, talked about a lot, uh, you know, the, the one YouTube channel house gamers, yeah, um, I think so. Yeah. He's got a huge following, uh, I don't know, a million or almost a million subs or something like that. I mean like a lot, but anyway, uh, he is in Canada and has been posting a lot of stuff. I think he actually took one of the members of parliament to an airsoft game and explained all this stuff to try to get them to uh, take the airsoft part out of this bill or whatever. But, um, but anyway, it's a huge issue. And, you know, I know a lot of, I've talked to a lot of airsofters that they, they just, they don't want to talk politics at all, which is fine. I get, especially coming out of the last five years, a lot of people are really just burned out on talking about politics Uh, and, and frustrated because we feel, I think a lot of us feel like, um, we we don't have a, a a say in what goes on no matter what we do what do we do well i don't know you know and that's frustrating but uh the one thing we can't keep ignoring as airsofters is gun rights if you are you know if you're voting your gun rights away and you're an airsofter you go ahead and be willing to give up airsoft in the future like that's this is a progression that we've seen happen in a handful of countries. It's going to keep happening, because especially with airsoft compared to paintball, because the airsoft guns look like replicas. I mean, they're, they're replicas. That, so, right. you know, anyway, that is an issue for sure. But uh, mm. that, that's why I always side independent. Like I don't, I yeah. don't. I have some Republican views, but I also have, you know, I side with some Democrats on things. But I'm always independent. Even in life, I'm independent. Like I'll see two sides to every story, yeah, and absolutely. you know it sucks. It sucks. It sucks for Mike. You know, 
He's always joined whenever I go live. Mike's always joining. I'll just notice it. I'll see the CNDN underscore, and I'm like, oh, Mike's here. Yeah. And he'll always watch his shit. But it sucks for people like him. But it's definitely an issue, especially like, except with my builds. My builds are flashy. Yeah. Except for one. Except for one. One of them is the Staccato from Blowback Masters. Oh, nice. That was a $550 just the frame outer barrel and uh slide was five hundred and fifty dollars but it's one of one hundred. Woo oh. damn it's I have it over here somewhere. Yeah well hopefully you're ready to show off some some stuff because you've got some badass looking shit and uh well let's talk about um you obviously we, we know you grew up in uh, Rhode Island. How did you start in Airsoft and then um but before that your uh what's hanging behind you is that your uh Game jerseys? Yeah, so uh, this one is my is a jersey that I had signed when I went to SS in Georgia. Yeah. Um, the only reason that it's flipped backwards is because there's no number on the back. When they manufactured it, they didn't put a number on it. But when I went to SS in Georgia, I had a bunch of players sign it. Like, I think RGK's on here. Just random players that I got along with, like... Houdini, Houdini's on there. Just all these different players. I was like, hey, you know what? Sign this. Rogue Customs. Oh, man. Oh, is this for the 12-year anniversary? Yeah, the 12-year. Rooster's on here. Me and Rooster get along really well. Punk from Slaughter is on here. Oh, shit. You know, Little Miss. I think I was Little Miss's first, like, autograph. The first person to ever ask her for an autograph was this. Hell, yeah. So uh, awesome. I have that on there, but then my actual game jersey is that one with my number on it. Twenty three is my uh, the, the day my daughter was born. She was June twenty third of oh gotcha. nine. So I always represent her number somewhere. So awesome. that's my my number. Perfect, man. Now yeah. the other one you were just showing me the uh, the drawing on the uh, yeah the was that like a you with a mask. Uh, no, it's a drawing that the the guy, or his his name on Instagram is Viva VW. Yeah, um, he came up with the the ski mask with the teardrop, and then obviously the Nest logo, which is New England Speedsoft. Right. So he they came up with that, and then we have our sponsors on here: Speedsoft Official, Take One, uh, Extreme Airsoft, and we're sponsored by Blowback Masters as well. Awesome. <laughs> And hence the shirt, which is super comfortable. Nice. Yeah, it looks good, I wear good, this man. to play sometimes. I wear it to uh, play sometimes. I like it. Okay. Hell yeah, dude. So how did you get uh, started into Airsoft? Uh, well, I, because of the, uh, the whole working in EMS thing, I met a friend of mine named James. He was my partner when I worked private EMS. Mm. And... One day I brought up to him, I was like, hey, listen, you know, I kind of want to try airsoft. And this was like maybe a year plus ago. And he was like, dude, I play airsoft. Like, I have airsoft stuff. Let's go together. So we started, you know, going together, just playing. I bought a gun and we started playing. And I ended up meeting the the Nest guys um, and started playing a lot more frequently every weekend, you know, sometimes the whole weekend. I'd be there hanging out with them and playing, and it just got addicting. Then we got into the competition scene, 
and then I got well, I got picked up by Ness and got into the competition scene, and it just grew from there. You know, my first pistol was a Glock, but I didn't like it, and then I got a a Kappa and decided to start building. And I still have my first build. It's still my primary capo when I actually run pistol, but I'm a rifle player. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I just built the pistol. You were a pistol player. Yeah. No, I, I used to be a pistol player, but uh, when I play competitions, I am a tower or a home player. Mm. So I'll stay in the back. I mean, I've run my pistol in public games just because it's easier for me and I don't like the pub stomp. So with my rifle, I'll just what's a, what's roll a pub over. Stomp? Well, you just run like when you go into like the public field against yeah. all the the new, other people and the rentals. Yeah, and you mm-hmm. just roll over the field. Yeah. With my rifle, my rifle's got a fusion in it. My other rifle's got you know, uh, and I have putting an F two in another one. I have a a rifle with a Gate Titan Expert in it, and. It just—it's so fast that it's not that much fun, right? So I like to, like to have some competition. Like I have different <laughs> guns that make it harder. Scotto yeah. actually, uh, Scotto and Valiant actually got me into the CQB sniper uh, kind of scene. So I bought a sniper and I made it like into a CQB sniper. So it's bang, and then you have to re-rack it every time. So oh, shit. it adds a competitive twist to it. Right, it's, it's so much fun running a sniper on like a speed saw field. It's crazy. Yeah, you got to give yourself some, uh, you know, like I guess you wouldn't call it handicaps, but the opposite. You know, make it, you know, making it more difficult for yourself. So you give the other players handicaps. So uh, at least they have fun. You have fun. <laughs> well, it it makes you a better player too because now mm-hmm. you're not just peeking out and laying ropes of BBs down. You know, yeah. you're you're waiting and you're calculating when you can come out and shooting one ball. So you have to be more accurate. You have to just be more vigilant of what's going on around you so you don't get shot because you only have one shot. Yeah. So it's it's a good time. That's cool, man. Hell yeah. So you've only been playing. You haven't been playing that long. Nope. I just came from the – when I was like 16 – I played uh, 16 to 18. I actually retired when I was 18. I played uh, Division Two National Professional Paintball in the NPPL. Oh, okay. So, I, uh, like, guys like, if anybody ever follows uh, paintball, guys like Ali Lang, I met Ali Lang and them uh, when NPPL came to Brockton. Oh, and I hung out with them. So, when I saw Ali Lang came back, came out of retirement, I remember, you know, seeing them and hanging out with them at the dye tent. Yeah, that's so wild. I follow uh, Ryan. A, I think it's Ryan Greenspan or yeah, something. Like yeah, that. Ryan Greenspan. Yeah, I follow a handful of uh, paintballers. Um, I'm about to have a couple of people on that are more. They play both paintball and airsoft, but they're more yeah. into paintball right now. Mm-hmm. So I kind of want to mix it up and. Um, and get them over since they play both and talk with some of the guys that play the mag fed paintball stuff. Um, so yeah, mm. yeah, I've, al- I've always followed yeah. some of the uh, paintball stuff. I mean, that's, that's what I start out with, you know? Yeah. Ollie Lang's a, an OG player. He was on, you know, he's one of the original members on dynasty. Uh, I think he was on Ironman for a little bit. 
but he's a he's a great player. He's always been a great player, and I think they just took their Ali Lang has so many World Cups, and I think they just took another World Cup at uh, NXL. Oh, that's wild. We were, okay. we were watching it yesterday at at, uh, at Extreme. We had it, the live going on <laughs> the TV at Extreme. Extreme's awesome. come a long way. They're they're an amazing field. That's what I've heard, man. Dude, when uh, Honey Badger went up there for um, the what the big event they had recently, the EA Fest. EA Fest. Man, we had him on the uh, monthly backspin. It's a it's a it's an episode, or I guess a monthly episode. We're going to we, we, that we just started. So we had Mr. OT as the co-host. And uh, we had Honey Badger and a handful of other people on. So, man, he was talking nonstop about how good the field was. He was like, "Dude, it was it, it's the best indoor like that that I've been to. Uh, most exciting, you know, best experience, that kind of thing." So, I actually convinced him to come up here because oh, I've been talking to Honey Badger for a long time, and uh, he was like, oh, I'm on the fence if I want to go. Me and my girlfriend's anniversaries then and all this. And I'm like, dude, just come. Just bring her with you. Come. You guys are going to have a great time. There's, you know, we have Newport. You know, we have Boston's an hour and a half away. You know, you can do a lot of stuff for your anniversary. And he was like, all right, that's it. I'm coming. So <laughs> he made the plans and they actually went to, on their way over here, they went to Niagara Falls for their yeah. anniversary. And... It was fantastic. She had a great time, I think. He had a great time. I mean, it it was great to see him. We actually put him as a sub on one of our rosters because he was driving so far. Yeah, dude. That's what he said. He said it was awesome. <laughs> and he got to play with all yeah. you guys. Yeah, he's he's a good dude. I mean, it was nice to finally meet him, uh, especially up here. We had a lot of people fly out from different places. Scotto came over here from Cali. You know, uh, Houdini and Pumbaa came up here. Yep. Um, we had Mama Yaga and Dylan were over here with their son. Uh, we had tons of players from all over the country. Uh, Revelation played. Mm. Uh, I think they're from down south somewhere. But we had a ton of players, and it was fantastic. It was an amazing time. And Houdini's already preparing for next year. Nice. So, yeah, it's definitely going to be a good time. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Skirmish, the future of Airsoft gameplay management. Are you ready to take Airsoft to the next level? Skirmish's innovative gameplay solution keeps players and spectators engaged with real-time updates. Capture objectives, detonate targets, medic, and more at Skirmish-enabled fields. Skirmish tracks every action so you don't have to. Review past games, action by action, and follow your progress in national rankings. Phones are not required. If you want to find out more, head to skirmish.net and check out episode 157 of this podcast where I talk with the owner of Skirmish about how it started and how it works. Stay connected, my friends. So you went, uh, did you go to college for the medical field? Is that what you uh, no. wanted to go into? Okay. Well, how'd you end up? No, I, um, well, I was a military police officer in the army for five years. And I initially, when I got out of high school, I went, I was going to go to new England tech for uh, computer engineering. 
and I had a 3.5 GPA in computer engineering, and I got bored. So I dropped out, and I joined the Army. Um, when I got out, I started to go to school for law enforcement because my, my dad and my uncle were both cops. Mm. Um, I initially tried out to be on the same police force that they were on, but I had some, you know, I hadn't been training physically. So I kind of gave up hope on that. Um, and then I ended up joining a fire department in 2000 and, uh, I think it was 2000. 11, I joined a fire department, an on-call fire department, and did that for three years, took a break, a three-year break, did like motorcycle mechanics, car mechanics, you know, all oh, that, shit. Yeah, and got, got back into the fire department because I worked at a power sports dealer on Polaris quads, side-by-sides, oh, yeah. right. you know, all that stuff, uh, motorcycles too, I was a motorcycle mechanic, and um the chief of a local fire department called up to have one of the units serviced and it kind of piqued my interest back. So I was like, you know what? I'll go join. And I joined that fire department, uh, four years ago, about a little over. Well, yeah, it was about four something years ago. And, oh yeah, four. And I am currently a Lieutenant on that fire department. Nice. I am on that 911 ambulance or 911 rescue in, the same town. So, I mean, it's, oh. I love emergency medicine. It keeps my interest peak because when I do a job that like when I was a service writer or a mechanic, it's so monotonous right. that it gets boring. Mm-hmm. So with EMS and especially 911 EMS, every, you're always thinking like, okay, this person's got a cough and congestion, you know, cause it's just a cold. Or do they have, you know, congestive heart failure causing the blood to black up back up into their lungs? Like, yeah, which one is it? So you always have to continuously think, and right. that's why I like something that that plays with my mind that I have to think about. Otherwise, I get really bored. Right. Yeah, there was a. I was talking to somebody recently where uh, we were talking about different jobs and what we've done, and I said there was, you know, there's a balance with with jobs. So jobs aren't that great anyway. Right. Um, especially when you get paid by the hour, because it's kind of like, uh, it's not a good incentive. <laughs> so when you get paid by the hour. It's like, uh, look, I want to do a good job. I want to finish this job or whatever, but I'm incentivized to ride the clock, take my time, right. stay longer. Uh, th- those kind of things, all the things that you really don't want to do, but you kind of have to, <laughs> but uh, I was talking about this one where we went, me and my buddy went on this uh, interview. Uh, Bausch and Lomb here, they have a couple of plants here in uh, South Carolina. So, you know, they make the uh, contact uh, solution yeah. or whatever. So, of course, they're, you know, everything's clean room, has to be, perf- you know, perfectly uh, sanitized and all that stuff so they don't get um, bacteria or anything in their solution. So, there's a one, there's a job that all you do is dump uh, bags of the bottles, the clear bottles that are sanitized into this giant, you know, stainless steel bin that starts the process of getting the empty bottles onto the track and on the conveyor and around, you know, so they get filled up, whatever. That's all you do. So now to get in this clean room, you got to 
dress, you know, with this full suit and you have to dress a certain way so that no skin touches, you know, you can't contaminate the outside of the suit. Uh, and they test you when you're fully dressed before you go in. They test everywhere. You have to wait for them. You know, they just, it takes like 30 seconds. But um, then you're in there and it's only eight hour shifts, but, and they have great benefits. So they, this job pays really high. It's like, I think it starts at like 25 bucks an hour just to dump bottles in here. Uh, you, you get directly hired on. They don't go through a temp service. You get instant benefits. There's no 90 day waiting period or shit like that. Instant, uh, you know, vacation starts accruing and health benefits, all that shit. So like all this shit to keep people there. And me and my buddy, right. we, we went through this interview and we, we watched the process and I said, bro, I can't apply for this job. And he did. And, uh, he, he left where we were at. We, you know, we were coworkers at, at a certain plant. So, uh, I said, I can't do it. Uh, two days in there, I'll fucking blow my brains out, dude. Like for real. It is right. it's, no, uh, uh-uh. so he mm-hmm. did it and he lasted for about, I think he said four or five months, something like that. And he had to quit cause it was too, it's too easy. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's the thing that they, they incentivize it with, we'll give you all this stuff, but this is going to be the longest eight hours of your life. Cause 100%. it's, it's going to be like, you know, you're not going to be jamming out to music. You're not going to be moving around. You're literally just like, nope. Uh huh. It's, it's just too monotonous. Like I, I can't even do like security guard positions because of the monotony. Like, yeah, people, uh, people are talking about like, oh, all you got to do is sit in a car. I'm like, that's cool. That's boring, <laughs> but that's cool. Like, no, I can't do that. There are certain personality types that can. Um, you know, yeah. we all know those guys that you know different jobs that are perfectly fine with that. Like, what's the big deal, man? We just sit here. What, you know, like, dude, I can't do it. <laughs> nope. That's another reason why I didn't want to be a cop is, you know, just those overnights where you're just sitting there doing nothing, staring out your yeah. windshield. Like, like, no, I, I need to do something like at least at my rescue station, I can train if I want to, I can, you know, we watch TV, you know, we'll eat and we work 24 hour shifts. So right. after like by contract after 11 PM, I can go to sleep. And if there's mm-hmm. no calls for the night, I sleep for, you know, six hours or whatever. Sure. And I get paid for it. Mm-hmm. So that's, it's nice to work, but when it's busy, it's busy, but you're not tiring yourself out because you're thinking and you know, that initial like waking up at 3 AM to go pick up some drunk asshole down at the casino but it just, you wake up because you're thinking, okay, well, what's going on? Yeah. Now what's the, uh, being a, being a tech like, or a EMT like that, what is the, uh, craziest, like unexpected, most unexpected call you guys have been on or weirdest? Uh, weirdest I would say was a guy who was drinking at 9 a.m. And clean happened to be cleaning his twenty two and shot himself in the chest. That was like, why? Why are you cleaning your rifle or pistol loaded and drinking at nine a.m.? Like now you could die because twenty two is a lot of people don't understand that twenty two will kill you faster 
than a 45 because mm -hmm. it ha doesn't have the exit velocity. So it'll enter, hit the back of your rib cage or the back of your spine or whatever, and just ricochet all over inside you and turn your insides into spaghetti. Yeah. So it, it'll kill you fast where a 45 will just go straight through you. So everyone who's stuck on the, I like 45s because it'll stop someone. Not necessarily. I mean, people will keep moving, but like I've had some crazy calls. I mean, I, there was one call in my fire district that I didn't go on. I wasn't there that night, but there was a double homicide in my fire district. My guy said that it looked like the people got killed with a shotgun, but mm. it was a baseball bat. Oh, so they said it was absolutely terrible. I mean, we've had, yeah. you know, I've done countless amounts of CPR. I'm like sure. I've done tons of it where at a certain point, it just doesn't phase you anymore. Like right. you still go to sleep at night and you don't hang up. It, like you said, it takes a special personality to do security. Yeah. It takes a really strong person to do like EMS, normal one EMS. Cause you deal with death. I walk into well, uh, wellness checks and find people dead on their bed and go up to them, check their pulse, check for rigor and go back and, you know, eat a bowl of spaghetti or something and just be fine yeah. with it. I don't let it yeah. phase me. I leave work at work and I leave my home stuff at home. Right. Yeah. You kind of have to, and you have to get used to that or else you wouldn't last very long with that, right. uh, that kind of job. You know, that's a good friend of mine was in, uh, we both went in the military. We grew up together. We both went in the military at the same time. He went in the army. I went in the in, uh, Corps. And uh, he did two years and got out. And he came back to our hometown where we grew up and became a full-time uh, fireman. And years later, when I came back to that to the hometown, um, you know, we were raising our kids there. Well, then I would do side jobs with him. So he would do, you know, landscaping or, you know, build a deck, shit like that. <clears throat> so... I would do side jobs with him. Well, this is around the time when, uh, this is 95 ish, 94, 95. And, um, this is around the time in Ohio where the seatbelt law was just coming into, you know, being talked about. And I think they passed, I'm not sure what year they passed the law, but initially me and all my buddies that I worked with were all against it, you know, and I worked with a bunch of Harley riders in a factory, and, uh, you know, they're like, fuck laws, fuck the government, you know, kind of shit. And, uh, I was like, yeah, this is dumb. They don't need to tell us to wear a fucking seatbelt, you know, that kind of shit. Well, anyway, I'm riding with this guy, you know, my buddy Eric, uh, who's a firefighter, and he starts talking about, we weren't even talking about the seatbelt law. He was talking about some of the wrecks that he's been on. He said, we mostly do wrecks. We barely do fires. We mostly do wrecks. And he said... One of the most disturbing ones was a little kid was, you know, in a car seat, was killed by a guy, single driver, didn't have a seatbelt on, rear-ended him, apparently really fast, uh, flew through the windshield into the back of the minivan, and the his body hit the little kid and killed him. And I said, holy shit, that story completely changed my mind about wearing a seatbelt. Because initially, when I first heard about the SIPA law, my, my initial response was, it's my personal choice. 
And then I'm going, oh, wait, if I get in a wreck, I can't control my body where it goes. And I don't want to be, I don't want my body to, even if I'm dead, I don't want to be responsible for killing somebody like that. Like that. I never, yeah. never even entered my thought process. So I started wearing yeah. my seatbelt, there's, but yeah. There's been people ejected out of cars that mm-hmm. like out of sunroofs. And then the, like, if they go into a rollover, they get ejected out of the sunroof and sometimes partially ejected to where it's just their torso and the car rolls on top of them and just snaps them. Yeah. There's been people that have get, get, got thrown out of windshields and smashed into trees and wrapped around trees. You know, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. Definitely changed my mind about that. I actually tried, I did the uh, test for the uh, firefighter and when, um, I was I was really looking to join the firefighting thing. I had my wife and I had three kids at the time, little you know, real close together. We were planning on having a couple more. But anyway, when the stories he was telling me about some of the little kids in car in car wrecks, I said, "No, nah, man, not for me. I, I don't want to mm-hmm. see that and go home to my kids." So uh, I just stayed factory work, and you know, but. It's it's tough. I mean, like that. Those are the hardest calls for anybody, even especially a parent. Sure. You know, I've had child abuse calls. Right. Well, I had a child abuse call. I don't want to like hype it up and say I've had more. I've had a child abuse call yeah. where the kid the kid was a year old, and he had to get rushed into brain surgery because you know mom's boyfriend got mad and hit the side of the car seat hard enough to shake the kid. It was like shaking baby by proxy. The kid had to get rushed into brain surgery and they don't know if he's going to have any deficits. You know, every time I go to the hospital, I still check up and like try to find out more information. You know, the guy's being indicted on like felony assault. Yeah. But, um, I mean, he could have killed the kid. I mean, we got there in time. The, The kid sees 15 times from where we picked him up to the hospital and that's a 10 minute drive. Wow. Yeah. Oh, it, it's terrible, but I mean, that's why it takes like a strong person to be able to do it. And I've known some strong people in my life who have broken because of it. Sure. You know, even though they're super strong and they're super like well put together, they, it breaks people, you know, and you never know when it's going to break you. Yeah, I mean, you change over time, you know, the things you go through in life as you get older and whatever, you know, life circumstances or family or whatever changes and, uh, you know, it might, it gives you a different perspective and, and then you're like, yeah, I, I used to be able to do this, but now mm, I don't think so, you know. I think shit like that's kind of guided my, my personality though, because like, there's been times where I've gone to extreme and, you know, New England Speed Soft's known for trying to build a community. And I saw one kid one day who was sitting out. He's like, oh, my gun broke. You know, uh, it won't work. I need a new hop-up. I just don't have the money. So I got to sit here until the end of the day when my parents come pick me up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, me being me, I walked right out into the uh, store, bought a $70 max hop-up for Polar Stars, and just went over to the kid and handed it to him and said, here you go. And didn't don't expect anything in return ever. Right. And, right. you know, I'm, I, I, I try to help people. out. I just traded. I actually just mailed out a Kappa today for a guy in Florida who put up a story saying, hey, looking to trade my rifle for a Kappa. 
And, you know, it's an ESG, it has an ESG grip and has a few other modifications. It has a Polestar jack in it. Um, my Kappa was probably had over $750 worth of stuff in it. Damn. Um, and I don't care if his rifle's worth less right. or if it's worth the same. Um, but I said, you liked this one, right? You messaged me about this like a couple months ago. You liked this one? He goes, yeah, I really like that one. That one's awesome. I'm like, sold. You know, let's do the trade. Yeah. And I sold him an HPA adapter for it for 60 bucks. You know, just trying to help the guy out. And I just mailed it out today with two-day shipping. Nice. So he'll have it, uh, you know, Thursday. But it's the Kappa that he really wanted. And yeah. it was a beautiful, beautiful build. Beautiful. Nice. But he liked, he liked it. I want to help him out. I have rifles. But, I mean, I want to try to help the community as much as I can. That's a, that's a really common thing uh, that I've heard, you know, with uh, most airsofters. They, uh, they really want to help the, uh, the new guys out or somebody else that, you know, so many stories that I've heard people telling me like, uh, I didn't, my gun broke on the day and this person was like, oh, here, use my MP7, whatever, you know, or MP5 right. or, you know, like my, uh, vector, <laughs> you know, it's like fucking right. all kind of shit, you know, it's cool. Well, that's what I did yesterday. I went to I went to Extreme, and I was playing. I went there. I played one round, so three games on the Speedsoft field, and it was two v two. And the other player that I was playing with was newer, and he kept getting out pretty quickly. Uh, so it ended up being one v two. Yeah, and I kept winning against the other two. So right. I played that three rounds. Went to the table, took my stuff off, and say. I'm done. Um, not out of frustration just cause you know, I don't want yeah. people to stop playing. And right. one of the kids was like, Oh man, I really want to, you know, build my gun, my SSG one up, you know? And I was like, Hey, use mine. So I gave him my SSG one. That's got a Polestar fusion in it. It's got a max hop up. It's all decked out. It's probably like $1,200 worth of shit in it. Yeah. And I just handed it to him. I put a battery in it. Handed it to him. I said, "Go run some games," and he dominated. After that, he's he's like, "This is the nicest thing I've ever shot." And I'm like, "Yep, yeah, well, <laughs> you have fun as long as you had fun. That's good enough for me." I've had people use my kappas, like just like Scotto. I kept trying to give Scotto guns at uh, the Speak to event at yeah. EA Fest, but they kept going down as kappas. But mm. or he was being very picky and. He's like, this one doesn't have sights on it. And I'm like, yeah. just shoot it. Just go play it. He's like, no, it needs sights. And I'm like, all right, whatever, dude. <laughs> so he, I, I always let people use my stuff. If I'm yeah. not using it, go ahead and use it. You know, just go have fun. As long as you don't break it. You break it, you pay to fix it. That's it. Right. Exactly. So what, uh, yeah. so do you, you build your own guns then? Uh, I build my own cappas. Yeah. I don't know okay. shit about rifles. Gotcha. At all. So, what, do you got, what kind of cabinet. custom shit you got right here? Let's see what you got. Oh, I, I have, I have everything. Oh see, shit! I don't even know what. I don't even know what's in this case. To be honest with you, I just put shit in here. How oh, this one. You. you better label that so, shit, bro. One of my, one of my, <laughs> um, my biggest things about me is that I'm very particular. Yeah. And it's kind of like an OCD thing. Yeah. 
Sure. Um, when it comes to color matching and colorways, I have to build something specifically a certain way. And if it doesn't look good to me, then I will not release it until it looks perfect. So everything gets color matched. So I have this one, which is actually my lower budget one. So it's a heat gradation and, and gray. Yeah. But we wrapped the grip in okay. a car- carbon fiber chameleon thing. Mm-hmm. So everything's just color matched. So the outer barrels, heat gradation, everything. But this is a nice a nice done. The hammer's heat gradation. I like it, but it's my lower budget one. Like I would sell this one for like seven hundred and fifty bucks, seven hundred bucks. Oh yeah, that's which, low budget. <laughs> I mean it is what it is. For you compared it is, to, yes. Compared to something like this. Wish I had a better fucking light here. Compared to something yeah. like this. Where everything's color matte. Going down. Let's see if I can do this. If this will help at all. I highly doubt if you, it. If you put it on the side, maybe. Yeah. Well, that's not too bad. So, this, the barrel's blue. Yep. The guide rod's blue. The guide rod plug is the same color as the slide, the grip screws, the beaver tail, the magwell. Everything's blue. Oh, that's a good way. Yep. Everything's blue and matched. Even the blowback unit is blue. I don't know if you can see the blowback unit. Oh, wait, I have an idea. Oh, yeah. I'm a fucking genius. Look at you. Everything is blue. So that one is one of my other ones. But that's just one of... I think at one when I went down to SS and for their anniversary event, I had like... Whatever, nine thousand dollars worth of cabas. Oh my god, yeah. that you took with this, you! Holy yeah, shit! This, this one's pink and blue. Okay, so it's like a cotton candy build, but again, all the way down to the magwell. Yeah, everything, everything's all color matched, and I have the the screws are heat gradation, so it's kind of like that cotton candy look. Nice. I have an AAP one that I built with a black Mamba kit. Oh, that looks cool. And it's got, it's got a custom laser engraving from yep. uh, Extreme Airsoft. They do custom oh, laser yeah. engraving. So okay. you can send stuff down to Extreme and they'll, with the file and they'll, uh, they'll laser engrave it for you. What do you mean with the file? Nice. Like if you email uh, their marketing, so it's like marketing at extremeairsoft.com. Yeah. If you email them what you want, like I told them I wanted Celtic Tribal, and they found that file and then laser engraved it into the Black Mamba upper for it for me. That's awesome. So you can have anything laser engraved. Okay. Um, and then these these two are the last ones that I have. This is my first build. Dude, that's cool. <laughs> So, again, gold, it's super short-stroked. So, this is my first build, and this is yeah. still my competition gun. I still use this, and it, it shoots flawless. Damn. And then, this one is that one of 100. Oh, wow. So, it's a nice gray and black staccato with fiber optic sights. Nice. The one of 100, another, the staccato grip with it. So, got a little... America flag. Yep. So this is one of my, this is always going to be like a trophy gun for me. 
Like, sure. I don't think I'm going to use it because it's one of 100. But yeah. they're all built internally and externally, which is why they have such a high price tag. Yeah. Just because the internals, like, when I do a custom, if I have to buy a stock, oh, I have another one too, but that one's not built. That one's just cool. Um, if I have to buy a stock unit to build off of, then it, um, I take the upper, the slide and all the internals for the upper off the gun and completely throw it in like my toolbox because I don't use anything. So the slide, the upper, the outer barrel, inner barrel, hop up, blowback unit, nozzle, recoil spring, guide rod and guide rod plug are all new on my builds. There's no factory components on them. Wow. So that's why they have such a high price tag. This is my Vorpal Bunny. Oh, what? <laughs> it's just a little 1911 single stack airsoft gun. Oh, that's shit. just super, super tiny. Yeah, it's tiny. Like, it's a, it's a off based off an anime. I don't know what anime. I just thought it was cool and I wanted it. But it comes in like this fancy little box with artwork and it has a like a a little book in here and a bunch of other cool stuff but i wanted it when i went down to georgia so i got it let's see that box again hold it up uh keep it in the frame for a second so that uh the camera has a chance to um focus on it. it looks cool okay so it's like there we go Oh, nice! But it's got a lot of lot of artwork. All the stuff in the back is either in like Korean or Japanese or something that I don't yeah. know. But everything's just like that. It's a little gas blowback nineteen eleven single stack. Yeah, it's a it's just a neat little gun. Yeah, that's cool looking. Oh, yeah. Now with the uh, the slide with all the different colors and stuff. Do you do any uh, like custom painting yourself, or do you just buy the slides? Where do you get them? Where do you find that stuff? So I buy I buy the slides. I don't do any custom painting because I don't have that much skill. Like Rogue Customs, he has a lot of cut, like painting skill. Right. Um, but I will get the slides. So if somebody says, you know, this is the the color scheme that I want, you know, this is these are my favorite colors or whatever, then yeah. I'll search around to try to find the the slide that color that I like and you know design that I like right and build it from there but I'll have to search and I'll have to be really vigilant like I have someone right now who wants me to do a build for him we had to order the slide from Austria what just cuz it's it's you can't get he wanted a 43 and you can't find 43 slides like anywhere and he yeah. wanted black. So I couldn't find any 4-3 slides anywhere. I couldn't even talk to people. We ordered it from Austria. It's still not here, but we ordered it from Austria. And, um, like, I'll take different things. Like, Extreme Airsoft does have a lot of slides in stock. So I'll go and get them from them. Or I'll get them from Blowback Masters because Ben always has stuff. And uh, we get a discount with Blowback Masters. So... I mean, I usually order a lot of stuff from either Blowback Masters or Take One. 
because yeah. JT is also another phenomenal for JT hand writes an, a letter to you. Every time you buy something, he'll be like, thank you that. for your purchase. Mm-hmm. He, he's also, I actually have a ton of, like I have a stack of JT letters just oh, hanging cool. out. I have, you know, Ben just always hooks me up. Like I got one of the, he sent me one of the, uh, high cap of speed loaders, the mag loaders. Yeah. And that, that thing's a game changer. If you don't want to sit there holding the little, slide uh, the little spring down and you know click 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 just the, the loader itself goes on an odin and it fills up your mags quick what oh that's cool yeah so it what it does is i wish i had it i don't know where it went i think one of yeah. my teammates took it but you take your odin and you click it into the top of the odin where you would a mag flip it upside down and it has a slot where the mat your high cap of mag will go this way you click it in there and then you load, you spin the Odin just like normal, and it'll fill a cap of mag in under a second. Oh my god, that's awesome! Yeah, they're like, I think he he has them on his site. He might be sold out of them, but they were like yeah. thirty five dollars. But they're one hundred percent worth it. Every time cool. I showed somebody, it was the coolest thing ever. Ben's Absolutely. coming out with a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, when we were doing reviews on our channel, when we were doing unboxing and reviews, the. Uh, I was so frustrated, bro, like that we couldn't find something to, to an easier way to do the uh, the pistol mags. I'm like, bro, this is fucking painful. I get so I, I'm always trying to think of a you know how to streamline something, how to you know what what's the best process. Uh, and I, I'm going, man, I don't I don't fucking know. And I'm asking these yeah. guys, hey, do you know of anything that goes on here that we can just you know, like one of those, uh, you know, in the military. Well, when I was in, we had the, uh, the uh, I can't remember Speed what we called them, the strips. Yeah, the clipper strips. Right. And so you had that the, thing that just, just went. Yep. <laughs> yep. I, <laughs> so. I did that when I, when I, when I deployed to, to Guantanamo Bay. We had to unload every shift we had. We had to unload our mags, put them onto clipper strips. And then every shift we came on, we had to take the clipper strips and load them back into our mags. And it was terrible. <laughs> but it was easier to do it that way. Ben does have them in stock right now. They're thirty four ninety five. They look like that. Oh, that's cool as hell. But it goes into the Odin like that. That is fucking cool, man. Holy shit. So, so it, it just loads in no time at all it's fantastic yeah no he, kidding he's, shout out shout out to uh who is this blowback master blowback masters yeah yeah shout out blowbackmasters.com hell yeah he's just he came out with it and it he was like hey i want you to try this and he sent it to me because we uh that was right when we got picked up by blowback masters he sent me that a bag of patches a ridiculously large stack of stickers. Like I probably have that many blowback master stickers. Oh shit. And, and our band, well, the blowback masters banner, which is right here, just huge, but well, he sent me that too. And it was fantastic. That sounds awesome. I, uh, I'm going to send you one of our patches and stickers and, uh, it, uh, am I allowed to have a blowback master, uh, sticker? <laughs> that- that's my patch wall, right? My patch oh, it looks wall. Awesome. I'm just running out of space. Yeah, um, get a new one. Yeah. 
yeah, I, I definitely, I can send you a blowback masters patch and sticker. Uh, I have plenty of them and I'm sure Ben would appreciate it too. He's fantastic. I even have a blowback masters keychain in on my keys. Okay. I suppose blowback masters is he, so Ben is one of my favorite sponsors uh, by far. He's personal, like very personable. I have his cell phone number. Yeah. Uh, he's very personable. He comes out and he plays. Like oh, they actually just put him on HSA. He's an mm-hmm. HSA team member. Mm. Um, so there's HSA Benji, and he uh, he'll play. He'll support his players. He you know he'll offer to buy bags of BBs or help with entry fees or help with flights. Or uh, if I bet, like, if you can't, like, if I was to contact Benji and be like, hey, Ben, can you send me this and I'll pay you on this day? He'd right. be like, you got it. Like, he's just the nicest guy that, in, like, I haven't met a lot of people more humble than Ben. That's cool, man. Yeah, I've heard, uh, I've heard that name uh, quite a lot since I started doing these podcasts and talking with, uh, you know, a lot of different indoor players. You know, that's a big name. In fact, I think it was somebody on, um, I think it was Lance, call sign Lance. He uh, he was talking with uh, Ben about getting sponsored by Blowback Master as well. But yeah, he was all excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah he's, he's fantastic. I, um, he's just, he's the, one of the nicest guys. And I, he, I mean, we actually dropped LA Kappa sponsorship for a blowback master for blowback masters. Oh, you know, is that like, we, two, is that, are they, uh, kind of like I guess, competing? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So they LA, the, they make the customs. same kind of stuff. Uh, kind of. Yeah. But LA Kappa is really into manufacturing right now. So they're manufacturing their own slides, like slides, blowback units, you know, everything like uh, anything you can put on a kappa they manufacture like this is an la kappa slide this is an la kappa slide so i i bought their slides and their magwells and a bunch of their part um but ben is more of a you know just a uh, retailer for Mm -hmm. different companies gotcha but because they're in the same market of selling high kappa parts their competitors Hmm. and when Ben was trying to sponsor me as a player since SS, the SS anniversary event. Yeah. Um, but I kept turning them down and I mm. said, until you sponsor my whole team, I can't accept it hmm. uh, because I don't want to, I want my team to be included. Gotcha. And then he, he finally said, yes, he'll sponsor the team. And it's been one of the best moves for like pistol players, even though yeah. a lot of the Nest guys don't use pistols. It's just Ben's. He was at EA Fest, and he had a great time. Yeah, so it was it was fun. Now, and JT JT from Take One has been a day one, one sponsor. I thought Take One did um, a lot of pistol parts as well, right? He does like internals. But he gets, yeah, he gets along with Ben. Like they're not like at each other's throats. Like oh, okay. Sutton gotcha. from LA Kappa tends to be more of the nope. Because initially when we had JT since like day one yeah, and um, 
Sutton was going to have, like, he's like, all right, down the line, it might be a problem that you're sponsored by JT, that you're sponsored by Take One. And we had discussed it as a team that if he ever brought that up, that we'd have to drop JT, we'd drop LA Kappa. But then mm. we found out that Ben and JT aren't really at each other's throats. So yeah. I'd rather go with someone who gets along with our other sponsors right. and someone who's going to be a better sponsor. When we initially started with LA Kappa, they gave us a public code and they said, all right, use code NESS at checkout and you get a discount. Right. The public discount was 1%. Like, how am I going to pitch that? How am I going to be like, yeah, go to LAKappaCustoms.com, use code NESS, you get 1% off. That's yeah. A dollar. <laughs> A dollar off a hundred dollars. Now your total goes from a hundred dollars to ninety nine. Like no. Yeah. Now if you go to like Blowback Masters and you use code Ness, you get five percent off. You go to same thing, take one airsoft.com, five percent off code Ness. Yeah. Like we need to help the community, not help ourselves. Well the you know, the thing with sponsorship is um at least I would think. So I'm thinking about my myself here, like if uh, if I wanted if if Trifecta Airsoft podcast or Trifecta Airsoft mm-hmm. wanted to sponsor some teams, um, my <laughs> I would I don't know what I would offer them of course but, you know but I'm just saying like my my goal in sponsor or the reason I'm sponsoring some you know a team is so that free marketing they are right. well not free but you know we're it's a business deal but they're uh they're they're marketing every time they go out they they're repping you know our logo or whatever so uh i i don't understand the uh how blowback master and la kappa customs whatever wouldn't want to be you know have it both on your shirt and i don't understand how that's a problem so (laughs) yeah it's it's weird it's it's a it's a competitive market it really is and you know, people want to want inclusivity or like exclusivity. Yeah, right. So they want to be the exclusive, like, oh yeah, I sponsor New England Speedsoft and gotcha. there's no other Kappa sponsors. Like, I don't mind representing. It's just like I like to get some type of kickback, so to say. Like right. where it's like, you know, say for example, say if you were like, all right, you know, Trifecta Airsoft podcast or Trifecta Airsoft is going to sponsor New England Speedsoft. Yeah. And every time they go to a tournament and play in a tournament, I'm going to buy a case of BBs for $150 or whatever. Yeah. And you were like, here's a, like, we have nine players. So like, say you bought a thousand BBs per player. Here's a thousand BBs per player. Yeah. Literally perfect bees are expendable and that's the perfect thing but to be sponsored like sponsor someone and say okay well you're just going to represent my brand and that's all you're doing you're kind of a crony at that point for sure mule well i was making the yeah that's true like if they don't purchase your stuff yeah that's uh well but you know how you know how these guys the the NASCAR drivers. I mean, they got fucking every name in the book all over their cars, all over their fucking, you know, whatever. Well, I guess not all over cars. It's one specific, you know, the Home Depot car or the whatever. But uh, 
their outfits, man, their their uniform, whatever they're wearing, you know, has a bunch of shit on it. Yeah. Right. But they're also sense. like the, their kickback is they're getting paid by that sponsor. That's true. To, to wear it where like, yep. like when I say like LA cap was saying, okay, here's 1%, 1% off for your, for your public people. Uh-huh. And you guys have to, you have to work to get higher tiers to, you know, get different sponsor, different levels of sponsorship. Like, oh, okay. am I an employee or am I a sponsored yeah. player? Like, I, you know, I'm about my community, but you're not going to help me help the community. No, someone's going to use my code and tell me to kick rocks. Yeah. Like, like it's not, it, it leaves a bad taste in the public's mouth to be like, Oh yeah. Use code Ness. It helps us out, but it doesn't right. really help you out. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, so I makes sense. Ben was, ben was like, you know, I'll, I'll give your public 5% off. And I was like, mint. That's fine. That's perfect. Yeah. You know, five percent, five percent. It's it's better. It helps people out. You know, it might offset that shipping cost. Yeah, not one percent. Not well, talking bad about LA Kappa like like that. I mean, they make great products. No, I mean you're not putting down the company. You're just uh, th- that is. Well, that's not even you. That's that's between. You know, that's my personal opinion of like I like yeah. their products. I still buy their products, right? And like some of their products, I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm not going to stop buying the products. It's just, you know, my personal view on. So I still have their patch on my patch wall. You know, I have no grudge against them. I just found a better opportunity, and I'm yeah. glad I made the move because Ben is fantastic. Yeah. Hell yeah! Now, what was yeah. the uh, what was the very first airsoft gun you ever got? I bought a G and G CM sixteen Predator. Nice. And that was like a three hundred and fifty dollar gun, but it ran fantastic and I just got into the smaller, more compact, faster, you know, scene of things. And I mean, I don't get me wrong, that gun was great. I love that gun. Yeah. But I ended up selling you, it for pretty cheap. How did you know? Uh, what to start out with your buddy that was, uh, getting into it. Did he give you some pointers or like, why didn't you just nope. buy a Lancer tactical? How did you know to not buy a Lancer tactical? <laughs> that that's one of the best things about extreme besides yeah. their field. So their field is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I think monk said it was one of the, like, it was the best field in the country. The speed saw field was the best yeah. field in the country. Um, but the employees there, you know, the people, they're knowledgeable. They don't try to sit here and be like, well, don't buy this Lancer Tactical. Buy this much more higher priced gun. They'll right. give you comparative options. Like, they'll be like, okay, well, this is a CM16. You know, it's uh, $150, $200. Or if you want the next up from it, where you're going to have these benefits, go with this one. Right. So they give you pros and cons. Like, if you're looking for a more budget-friendly use this one. But mm-hmm. if you're looking for something that'll last you a little bit longer where you don't have to buy another one anytime soon, go with this one. And they right. have such a wide variety of guns in there. Like anything from, you know, my CQB sniper to LMGs to EA Customs. Like you can see their customs on extremeairsoftri.com. They have custom builds with like Polestar Fusions, Polestar F2s, 
They have custom pistol builds, which are fantastic. I used to help with that with them, yeah. but the, uh, one of the guys there started getting into it. So they, they can do whatever. I mean, they're such a multifaceted company. Yeah. And they're making yeah, the, all the uh, right moves too. They, the first time I heard their name was probably, I don't know, maybe a year into our channel, maybe less, uh, JP from our channel. He, um, he wanted to do HPA. He HPA would one of his rifles. I can't remember which one. So he bought all the parts, like the hose he got from EA. And, uh, and so that was the first time I heard of him. And so he bought, you know, all like the regulator and all kind of shit for the tank, whatever from, uh, from EA. And then of course, uh, as I've been talking with people, uh, finding out tons, you know, hearing their name, their company name a lot over the last six months, you know, yeah, a the, lot of good stuff going the, on. The speed soft field that they built, um, they did it to like the speed QB um, specifications, but it was so big, like the room that they built that there's actually like a couple feet, like a three foot out of bounds on each side. Mm. But they have a, a media tower in there where you can go up there and watch from a tower inside the field. Their viewing area is the entire, uh, depends on which side you're on, but it's the entire side, one side of the field. And yeah. the back side of the field is all a viewing area. You know, they sell pellet guns. Uh, they sell non-lethal, like the, the, what is it, 60 caliber or 50 caliber, like, rubber uh, oh, rubber rounds. Rubber bullets, yeah. Yeah, rubber bullets. They sell mm -hmm. um, the pepper balls. They sell oh, shit. so much stuff. They yeah. sell it. They have, you know, uh, London Bridge Trading. They have an LBX room full of LBX. You know, they, anything from Milsim to Speedsoft, they got it over there. Parts galore. They have full-time technicians that are absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. You know, it's it's just such a multifaceted field and they're That's trying cool. to get into the outdoor. Like they have land that they purchased where they're going to be building a building specifically revolving around airsoft. So it's going to be one of the first in the country that's built just for airsoft with an outdoor field and an indoor speed soft field and an indoor field, like public field. Hmm. So That's it, wild. it's just, yeah, their, their, their company's making great moves and, you know, they always have the help of a bunch of people. Like I still help out there when they need it. Like there's been times where it's like, Hey, can you hang out in here and help anybody that they need? Or can you help fix this Kappa? And I'm like, yeah, sure. No problem. Mm -hmm. So I always try to help them out because they've helped me out. Right. I mean, they flew me down to Georgia for the event. Oh, that's cool. So you know, they helped build my name and I'm, I have nothing really bad to say about them. I mean, yeah, we've had our, had our disagreements about some things and, but it all at the end of the day, it's like a giant, you know, family, I guess you could say. Sure. Well, that's normal. I mean, you know, no, no person is going to be perfect. No business is going to be perfect. A hundred percent, a hundred percent of the time. That's uh right. that is just life. Uh, so in fact, speaking about that, you know, we just got back from, Mil uh, Milsim this past weekend, you know, today's Monday. So Friday was veterans day. We went to, uh, uh, GTI, 
in South here in South Carolina, and there was a uh, Third Coast Airsoft put on an event called um, Iron Dagger, Iron Dagger Two. So the uh, Friday night, bunch of rain from that tropical storm, whatever, coming up through South Carolina, and uh, it wasn't real bad. Like you know, it was just a constant, steady rain. So it was pretty miserable uh, to stand outside and whatever, but it wasn't terrible. It didn't like ruin the field or, you know, it wasn't too muddy or nothing. But uh, Friday night, check in uh, the registration. They had some issues with um, their online disclaimer or um, not disclaimer, uh, waiver. So GTI itself has to have a waiver signed, which is no big deal. We sign that. It's paper form. We just, you know, as soon as you sign it and put it up you know when you get up there to for your uh to check in the um the one they were having the issue with was the third coast airsoft waiver and i posted so we we waited a long time there was a, a lot of delays for that to get fixed and uh now my sons have been to i don't know eight mil sims with third coast since they started like almost four years ago and they love them. It's one of their favorite event uh, hosts, okay, so or event coordinators. And uh, the th the whole Third Coast uh, Airsoft team is awesome. It's like what you're saying. Like we've had some, uh, you know, I can't say we've had some disagreements. It's um, There's been some, you know, hiccups with check-ins or, you know, things when you run a big event, obviously. And uh, I posted a video kind of of a uh, like a rant video which I've never done before. Yeah. And I didn't mean to actually. I didn't mean to rant. Uh I I was trying to do an update about us being there so that um the the people that I was going to meet there cuz I've I met a bunch of people that were uh that were on the podcast. So I did this rant video. I didn't mean to do a rant. I was trying to do an update where hey, here we are. We just got checked in. We're doing this whatever. We're about to head over here. So if you guys want to meet up, you know, blah, blah, blah. If you get in Friday night, let's, uh, let's hook up somewhere over here where we can talk. So that was the intention when I turned the camera on, <laughs> but <laughs> what came out was my frustration and, and, and impatience from waiting in this line for way too fucking long. Right. Mm. Uh, but anyway, third coast has done nothing but good things with their events. Always smooth process whatever and this one thing so i posted this thing <laughs> uh because the end part of it was hey here's where we're at here's what we're doing let's do this whatever but um the first part was a rant which i should have cut out because uh i man i look at my channel i look at our you know instagram page i'm like nobody looks at this shit okay so i posted that thing i'm like no just like the handful of guys that i'm trying to meet up with here are gonna see it well i guess a lot of people saw it. Um, I felt shitty, man, because I was like, that's not, I didn't, I never want that one thing, you know, that one mistake or that one hiccup in something to be the, a defining moment for whatever it is, uh, a person or, an, you know, an event host, a company or whatever. Uh, and I certainly don't want to be the person that does that. Um, so anyway, uh, I took the video down, but the point is, you're never going to get along perfectly. You know, no one's going to be 100%, 100% of the time, company or otherwise, and uh, and an event or whatever. So, you know, you can have a good relationship with 
like what you do with uh, Blowback Masters or Take One, and you're not going to agree 100% of the time. That's just not normal. Yeah. It's, it, it is, I mean, it's not, I think it's more normal to not agree on mm-hmm. certain things than it is to agree on everything. I feel like if you agree on everything that someone's blowing smoke, but I mean, it's been nothing like our sponsors have been nothing but supportive. And, you know, like I said, with extreme, we've had our difficulties. We've had, you know, our players do stupid shit and we've had repercussions from it, but they also, uh, extreme sponsors, a Milsim team called Mm -hmm. Rikon Reapers. So they go to Milsim's, all over. So if you yeah. see like a, a Rikon Reapers, they're sponsored by Extreme. It stands oh, for shit. Rhode Island and Connecticut. So uh, they, if you see them, there's always a big, bigger guy with a fluffy beard. His name is Chuckles. Um, he used to be a manager at Extreme. Uh, okay. He is he's a fantastic guy. They'll give you, you know, a lot of insight. But I mean, we tried to help out. Like I was there when I when I go up to Extreme. I don't play that often. Oh, okay. I'll go up, I'll hop on, you know, I'll put my, my I-5 on, I'll hop on the field, and I'll start refing. Or I'll go up into mm. the media tower, and I'll watch the game, and then if I see something a player can improve on, I'll knock on the window, call them up to the media tower, and they'll be like, instead of doing that, do this. Yeah. And try to help, you know, guide newer players, more uh, less experienced players, or I'll help ref. Because usually if they only have one ref on the field, I'll hop on the other side and ref the other side just so there's a ref on each side. I mean, I've called people out for stepping out of bounds because I was on the re- the opposite side the ref was on. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like always holding a coaching moment and helping sure. people. But when I, when I do play, I have a great time, but you know, I, I like helping people out too. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, what do you think about, uh, so you played tournaments, right? Yeah. Your team has yeah. played tournaments. Uh, and then I, I, I'm familiar with a couple of different, uh, ranking systems, I guess, or not ranking system, but a couple of places that rank, teams and tournaments so csl right and yep. there's one on the west coast um, nso i think so nsl no, just started no that's the new one that's the new one just came over here from what the netherlands or something yeah um so what do you think about uh would you like to see here in america a national ranking system that is standardized across the board where you can have a uh, a speed QB tournament just like we have college football playoffs or the NFL Super Bowl or whatever where the fields are standardized where they play all the refs are fairly professional the rules are set uh you know you have enough refs on the field to kind of make it fair um and have a national ranking system where we all know uh, who the best team in America is for speed QB every year or whatever. I think that would be fantastic. That's kind of what speed QB is doing. So yeah. technically, technically the game uh, that we play is speed soft, where right. speed QB is a brand and a competition uh, okay. like group. So speed QB in and of itself is on the West coast. 
okay. okay. See, I've always been saying it. Okay. I got you. Yeah, they hold speed cues. It's kind of like, you know, saying uh, like Q-tips. Like Q-tips is a brand. It's not a a tool. A swab. If you say, hey, yeah, it's a cotton swab. Right. So people are like, oh, can I get a Q-tip? And it's like the CVS brand or the Walmart brand. Like it's still Q-tip. So yeah. everyone says speed QB, like the speed QB field, right? Instead of the speed soft field. Yeah. See, I don't so, know. I'm just repeating what I've <laughs> yeah. what I hear. Yeah. Okay. So, so when you see like the word speed QB, it's branded. It's a specific. Gotcha. You know, they make gear. They hold tournaments, and then like speed soft is the game. So okay. speed sense. QB is kind. Speed QB is kind of doing that. It's just tough because. There is no like football or baseball. It's not like people are paying for teams' flights out somewhere. So say sure. they hold the world, the national championship mm-hmm. in Rhode Island. Those Cali teams right. aren't necessarily going to be able to fly across the country no. to play. Um, however, they Speed QB does have a ranking with points. Mm-hmm. But the point system may be different because the Speedsoft game out in Cali is completely different than Speedsoft in Rhode Island. Why, like why do you think players, that? Why is that? It's like just the because rules of their are different. Play, no, their play style is different. Oh, so okay. how they some of those teams even down in Georgia, like when I went down to Georgia, a lot of those teams are a lot more aggressive. Um, and play completely different. You know, like Scotto. Scotto loves using pistols uh, like green gas pistols with sights and you know his sniper where out yeah. here everyone likes to use hpa uh, yep. because of climate green gas uh, out here in 30 degree weather sucks nope. balls it sucks bro so so running hpa out here is more common than hpa out uh, out there huh. but it it's a completely different like play style yeah and so those point systems might be a little skewed because yeah. New, where New England Speedsoft, when we played, we took third place. One of our teams, we had two teams. One of our teams took third place in the Speed QB uh, tournament at EA Fest. Mm-hmm. But I guarantee you, if we went out to LA County and played out there, yeah. we would not even come close to third place because of the play style. Huh. And the fields are different. SS's field in Georgia is drastically smaller yeah. than, you know, Extreme's field. And then you got like Project N1. I've never been there, but I've seen a lot of Scotto videos, and it's different than Extreme. So hmm. our home turf is different. Like where yeah. you go from Gillette Stadium to, you know, uh, whatever, like the 49ers Stadium. Right. It's going to be the same it's a hundred yards on turf yeah so doesn't nsl isn't nsl more used to that don't like they have a national like a a, or maybe you know a a broader ranking system for these teams and all the teams play on the same standardized fields with the same rules um you know theoretically theoretically but it's still going to be different because like some fields like um, shot zone, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure shot zone has turf. Yeah, they have turf. So shot zone has turf, 
and inflatable bunkers right where extreme has concrete with you know wood bunkers that are co- that are wrapped with uh carpet yeah so it's some places have plexi some places don't have plexi like yeah. plexi bunkers but the same rule base is like in each specific um tournament style is yeah. the same where csl allows double triggers like blade triggers and feathering uh-huh. oh. speed qb does not allow double triggers or feathering csl does not allow hpa pistol adapters speed hmm. qb does so like csl you have to use green gas mags and a pistol at speed qb they don't care nsl has attack and defend they have objectives where you have one attacking team and one defending team and then it switches and then nsl also has like penalty boxes where you know speed qb if you caught shrugging a hit that's a major a major penalty same in csl it's a major penalty you get like 50 points deducted nsl will take you off the field like you will be off the field and put into a penalty and the entire team will, your entire team will be down one player mm-hmm. for the entirety of your penalty. And I think it's six rounds, which might be your entire tournament. Damn. So every other team has a power play for the whole tournament. They play with five players. You have to play with four because your guy got caught cheating. So he didn't call his hit basically. Right, so okay. we call it shrugging. Okay. So you you get hit and you shrug it like, oh, I didn't get hit. It wasn't me. That that was that was something so else. So it's it's if a clear, get... like very very clear that you knew you got hit, but you're right. not calling. Okay, gotcha. Like the speed QB and CSL also have those penalties. Mm-hmm. Like it's called like a like a blatant no call, and that's like a fifty point deduction. Where C- NSL will just be like, get off the field. Yeah, and you'll have your team will be down a player for almost the entire tournament. It happened to a team at NSL. Wow, that's wild. Well, what do you think it would take to get to get a uh, uh, to push this thing to the next level of we have a what I was talking about national ranking system, best player or best team, uh, you know, in America for uh speedsoft what what would we have to, i mean logistically i understand um the you know the fields would have to get uh all the same so there's uh you know things that do concrete things that have to happen like literally they have to change part of their fields i get that you know they just make them all standardized but uh well, the same I, size with the same I, bunkers and all that i don't think that it necessarily has to be the same bunkers i think that it would just be an advantage, a home field advantage to the team, but you would have to do essentially what all major sports do. Like right. we'll take, uh, we'll take um, the NFL, for example, you'd have to start, you'd have to divide the country in fours. You'd have to right. have like an AFC East an AFC West and NFC yep. East and everything. You'd have to do the categories and let everybody battle it out until there's only two teams in the entire country yep. who have won against everybody and then they compete in a national championship, but you'd have exactly. to divide it. So everybody's on the same playing field. So if you take, you know, we'll say 
North Carolina and up right. and say, okay, well, this is the CSL Northeast or the CSL East. And right. this is the CSL Southeast or whatever. Yep. Once you do the quadrants, then you can like actually have everybody battle it out and then have two meet in the middle mm-hmm. on a field that they've never played on. Because the other thing is referee favoritism. Right. Because in like uh, NFL games, you're not going to have that much referee interference because they're taken from other places yep. to, to watch these play. You need to mm-hmm. have no favoritism because, you know, airsoft is a game of, you know, honesty. It's a right. game of honor. You get hit, you get hit. Like in paintball, you get hit and this, it's right there. Where airsoft, a ref who you're really good friends with, or you might have, you know, taken out drinking the night before, yeah, could see you get hit in airsoft and just be like, I didn't see anything. Right. I was looking the other way. So you have so that no favor tip. I'm wondering if there is uh, enough revenue in airsoft in general. Um, well, not airsoft in general, in speedsoft to uh, to get. Uh, a pool together or, you know, it can be individual. So let's say uh, your team get, you know, you have sponsors. Um, if you got more sponsors or, you know, were your spon- would these sponsors be willing to, and the fields, uh, individual fields that are, you know, there has to be an incentive for these uh, fields to modernize or update their field to make it tournament worthy Okay, for Speedsoft. And then uh, now, I mean, the logistics, honestly, like figuring out how how to pay for teams to get from here to there to play. Um, I mean, that is super basic that can be figured out really, really simply and really easily. I mean, public schools that are sometimes clusterfucks uh, figure out how to get their wrestling team that doesn't bring in a lot of money, right, or hardly any for that school, they figure out how to bust them from here to there. Obviously, you know, some of it's tax dollars, I know, but they, uh, they figure shit out. There's uh, there, there's gotta there be a way. A mon- yeah. There's a monetary, like there is already a monetary incentive okay. for, for fields to do things like that. So like, we'll take extreme airsoft for example. Yeah. We, when extreme airsoft holds a speed QB event, they have to obviously pay a portion of the entry fees and stuff to Speed QB, uh, or the the entry fees go directly to Speed QB. People do this, but then they're hosting it, so they get a portion of the revenue. And on top of that, sales from that day from the teams coming up, you know, entry fees or whatever, and then the recurring business. So mm. where you know these teams or these teams, these fields host this tournament or this event. People are coming in buying snacks, BBs, you know, guns, upgrades, you know, repairs. There's a monetary gain where, you know, if extreme has, we'll say 50 people on a normal day, but on a speed QB event day, they have Mm -hmm. 150 people. Right monetary revenue that's an incentive for them to hold these events and create something 
that people want to return to. Like the example is extreme. They put up that speed QB field so fast. Then people came down from like, like I said, you got Houdini, Pumbaa, Scotto, Honey Badger, you know, all these people from all over the country came up there and now people want to return. Yeah. So next EA Fest might be that yeah. much more explosive. And that's a huge revenue gain. And now Double more yeah. m- more uh, companies, SpeedQB wants to hold more tournaments there. BSL wants to hold more tournaments there. You know, NSL will probably host a tournament there. Now that word got out. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure, it, like, the desire for someone like you to come up to extreme because yep. so many people are talking about it has heightened because you're yep. like, so many people are talking about this place. I, I want to go see it. You yep. know, C seven, C seven Viper and Mrs. C seven came up for EA fest. Yep. They had a blast little miss airsoft and her boyfriend rogue customs and his wife. They all came up. Scott, us airsoft, Scott Hallenbeck. He came right. up, you know, SYG guys, you know, they came up, they were fan they're always fantastic guys. Nice. But even Roy, Roy from Speed QB was like, This place is fucking amazing. Awesome. You know, just the word of mouth, there is a monetary you know, incentive for fields to do this. Right. And it it's just a matter of, you know, if the team is sponsored by that field, then in my personal opinion, if the team performs and gets that high national ranking, then the te- the field being the sponsor should be like, we're going to fly you out to this national championship. Right. Because you guys have promoted our business. You're wearing our, our stuff. You're wearing our logo, you know, and you guys have made us proud. That's all it takes for a team, like especially us, is yeah. a little attaboy. Like yeah, this is sure. our team. This is we're proud of these guys. Like, I mean, again, I love extreme. I do. One of the biggest things that was kind of like a kick in the balls was us taking third at a speed QB event and them not being like, we're proud. This is our t- posted on Instagram. This is our Beatsoft team. And they took third. We're proud of you guys. Great job. Yeah. Yeah, just a little attaboy is what a lot of teams need, a little promotion. Well, sure. I mean, that's the difference between, you know, a a new player that starts out indoor, uh, gets turned on by the, you know, the speed soft and is like, yep, this is cool. I want to do this. And, uh, you know, now, like, what do you do? You play open play, like regular pickup games for, you know, a year, six months, whatever it is until that person gets bored and why do they get bored because now they want the next level what's the next level a little competition uh and why do you want competition you want to test your skills but you also want to say some bragging rights you also want some bragging rights you want to be like man i feel great we did awesome you know when you have those games as a team and this could be any team for any sport really but when you have those games where everyone just gels together it's like everyone is just on right we're all connected uh all that that chemistry is just there and you just fucking annihilate right and it feels great um you had some you know some struggles like you overcame them and bam it feels good you know that that is and we won 
you know, there's a winner and a loser. It feels good. Uh, now, when you do that for so long, like what you guys are doing now, you have CSL, then you have SpeedQB, then you have uh, now the NSL coming over. Um, there's, as a, as a player like yourself on a team that plays these tournaments, have you ever thought, uh, I want to test my skills against like whoever you've heard of another team that you've heard of that might be really good. Right. Um, but you can't because there's no national ranking system to get you guys put in that mix of, Hey, we want to work towards this. We can get better. Our team can get better and we can beat Murder Inc., SYG, whoever, you know, LTD. Right. I mean, it's definitely the the game of aerosol, competitive aerosol right now is all clout based. Mm. It's all like who we hear the most of. Murder Inc. is actually, we're we're good friends with the, the Murder Inc. guys. Lou, well, I mean, I've known Lou for a little while now. You know, his guys, we've played against them. They've come to our like uh our um fight nights when we used to host fight nights at extreme like extreme aerosoft would ho- i mean not extreme new england speedsoft would host fight nights and they would compete against us they're a tough team to play against gotcha. you know we've had our differences we've yelled at each other on the field yeah, we told each sure. other to go fuck themselves and you know like started like fighting words but at the end of the day i still shake hands with lou i still shake hands with all those guys you know matt and all them they're great guys and same thing with like those other players, but it's all clout based right now. You know, like SYG, SYG is a great team. They really are. And the only reason people know they're a great team is because of their clout. Because you yeah. got guys like you got guys like Demo. Demo you got yeah. guys like like Demo really brought the national attention to that team. But then you play against people like Max, who who was a great dude, Rooster, all those guys. And then you're like, holy shit, these guys are really good. But then you have slept on teams that don't get the clout that they deserve, like HSA. HSA is a phenomenal team with a group of phenomenal guys. All those guys are awesome. Yeah. But they don't have the clout. Like, if you look at their Instagram, it's got low, like, fairly low. It's got, like, 600 followers or something like that. Right. But they're not on any national rankings. Mm -hmm. But they're a great team. So it's tough to do it unless the team has clout. You don't know what the team's made of. Right. And that's like New England Speedsoft. New England Speedsoft has, and people have agreed with me, New England Speedsoft has the talent, the skill base, and the opportunity to become the SYG of the East Coast. I mean, there's been SYG players that have told me that New England Speedsoft is the SYG of the East Coast. Wow. You know, just because we have the skill base and we have, you know, the honor we have SYG, like Demo was definitely known for helping the community and wanting to bring the community up for the culture movement. You know, it, it's essentially what New England Speedsoft has the ability to do, but not a lot of people know about New England Speedsoft Mm -mm. and nobody really knew about it. And I went down to Georgia and spread the name. And, you know, then my build started getting known more. My build mm. started getting shown off more. I have builds that sold out in Colorado um, because I helped host a tournament over there. I actually right. sent three, two or three Kappas from my house to Colorado 
so they had guns to use in a three-gun event. Oh, cool. So, and one of them sold over there. So I'm trying to get the name of New England Speedsoft out more. Right. And it's it's definitely a challenge, definitely for sure. But it, until you get the clout, there's no national ranking. A national ranking would be fantastic. It's just they need to, I mean, I know Roy and them can figure it out and they yeah. can make it happen. It'll be like paintball. Like paintball had the NPPL, the NXL, mm-hmm. um, and X ball or whatever the hell that was. They had a lot of different styles. Now they have national rankings. So airsoft yep. will get there. It's just a matter of keeping the movement going and keeping the toxic players out. Yeah. Cause there's people, people that are just there just to, you know, ruin the game for other people just to want to go in there and just, you know, destroy little kids on pub fields. Like what's your goal? Yeah. Just to be toxic. I've had a player actually tell me that that was his goal. He just wanted to be. Okay. That's yeah. That's a dumb goal. It's, it's it's these young players. though. that's the thing. Like these 16, I have, when it comes to like the airsoft community, I have no problems with, the older generation, like yeah. the people in their twenties, thirties, whatever, no issues with any of them. All of those guys are either cool with me or they just don't talk to me because they don't want, they don't like me. That's fine. Right. But all, all the young kids, like the 16 year olds, 17 year olds, they're the ones that you know, start talking all this shit and start, you know, saying all this stuff about people and being like, Oh, well, this guy's this guy's a pedophile, and you're like, why? He's like, oh, because I watched I watched him, you know, put his arm around uh, a kid at extreme. Right. It doesn't make me a fucking pedophile, bro. That means that I put my arm around somebody. Like, yeah, get the dude. fuck over it. And that's the toxic players. They just want to do it. Right. They just want to spread rumors because they think it's cool. With you know, most of them wear that the the parka with the tan pants and the chest rigs like that's cool good, good for you like, oh speed soft is gay and then they run into the pub field running around you know like playing speed soft on a pub field like bro you're doing the same shit just on a pub field right it's yeah that doesn't make sense oh uh, yeah well teenagers man who knows you know they're, yeah, they're not- that's where the That's toxic funny. comes from. But like I said, I mean, we all have, a lot of us have toxic tendencies. Like where, you know, you shoot somebody and they don't go out and you keep shooting them and they don't go out. And then you oh, start yeah. swearing at them and you shoot them more. Yeah. Like, I mean, we've had our players' safeties threatened. One of my players, um, well, not my players, one of my fellow teammates, um, his he got threatened with being jumped when he flew to Texas. Like people were contacting other people in Texas trying to get my teammate jumped. Because of the, yeah, because because of the the game, when they played for no reason, like no reason at all. Kids were just like, Oh, well I'll get, fuck him up, you know, kick his ass, jump him when he's down, when he gets down there, because fuck that guy. Like for no reason they wanted him jumped. (laughs) Jesus, and that's that's completely uncalled for. But then, yeah. when you face them, like face to face, 
they're, they don't say nothing. I've had people talk shit about me and they're like, oh, you know, you're like, they called me sus, like suspect of something like, I don't know, like being gay or something. I have a 13 year old daughter, but apparently I'm gay. Um, and, well, that doesn't mean that, 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 that changes means a lot, you yeah. know, but they, they were calling me like all different types of names, talking all types yeah. of shit about me, trying to troll me on my discord, on my Instagram, just trying to <laughs> troll me with these pictures, bro. Yeah. I post every picture they tried to troll me with. I post it on yeah. my Instagram. I was like, I don't give a shit. Like go, go for it. And then they met me in person. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, then they started following me on Instagram. That's funny. Like, like, bro, you've never met me. You don't know me. Like I'm one yeah. of the most humble players you'll ever meet. Don't, don't tell me who I am without actually talking to me. Well, that's the classic, you know, the, uh, where people just follow the crowd, you know, it's been like that forever. And they, they do the, you know, now it's the online crowd. So they just see something online. They go, Oh yeah. And they latch onto it and just do, you know, say it, whatever. Um, that, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's a common, more common now because of the online shit spread so fast. Right. And but, I let them talk, I let them talk their shit because it doesn't phase me. Like I spent five years in the army. Right. I, I'm a firefighter. I'm an EMT. Like if you can offend me, good job. Cause it's yeah, not yeah. going to happen. Not, I don't not get offended. Bro. Uh-uh. Those army insults hit different. And my best <laughs> friend was, a, is, is a former Marine. So yeah. like fire at me, bro. I'll fire yeah. right back. Don't, don't get offended when mine hurts more than yours does. I mean, yeah, that's, I always joke too. I always told my kids when they were growing up, you know, they'd say when they're teenage, when they start becoming teenagers and they talk, start talking back a little, you know, and I'm like, you can't hurt my one feeling. So go ahead, you know, whatever. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, you know, I mean the military thing, of course, uh, Marines, you know, we're, you know, we're jarheads, we're crayon eaters, um, all that stuff. Um, you know, that there's a, there's all the, all the military jokes that, are pretty funny, but yeah. Speaking of uh, Marines, you know that uh, Houdini was a Marine, right? Yes, I do. You ever seen his uh, his service picture? Yes, I just saw it actually because yeah. I think he posted on uh, Veterans Day. Yeah, look at that! Look at that mug. <laughs> like I I made that into so many memes. Like I just slammed him with me. Like there was one meme that I I absolutely. So it's it was it started out as like a guy flexing, but his lower half was a fist pounding the ground. What? And I cut out Houdini's face and made it into a Houdini meme. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. <laughs> yeah, and he was because me and him go back and forth. We have that same, you know. He just started dying laughing because I like he doesn't get offended. Like why no. that that shit's great, and he. Eh. It's good oh, having friends funny, like dude. like Houdini. Yeah, dude. Whenever whenever you're around somebody that's uh, that's really really sensitive, like bro, it's so fucking like it's uh, it's draining. It's draining. Mm-hmm. Like you got to watch what you say, and then you have to explain and over explain what you didn't mean. Right. You're just like, you know you're a smart ass and sarcastic, and they're like, "But you said," it. I'm like, "Bro, okay, look." I understand people, you know, talking about like there's a balance with, hey, asking for help if you really need it, uh, 
but there's also a point where you you should start getting mentally and and emotionally tougher right where people just in general you know people are talking about mental health and all that kind of stuff like there you're supposed to be stepping stones along the way where yes you're going to have moments of weakness you're not going to be 100 percent 100 percent of the time but you should start getting to that point where you're not always the wounded one where your team whatever whoever it is your family your friends your your husband your wife always has to keep coming back to you because you fucking fell down again emotionally. Like, dude, you fell down for this the last time. Did you learn? Or or do we need to go over it again? Did you get a little stronger this time? Like, bro, come on. The the biggest thing that I hate is people who dish it out but can't take it back. Like, if you can't take it back, then don't open your mouth. Right. Because I'm going to come back harder. I'm going to try to one-up your comment with something else. Like, we just, I, I can't stand it if somebody can't take it back, but they're sitting there trying to dish it out. I just, they'll talk, they'll say something. I'll just be like, fuck off. Like, I don't want to talk to you because you're going to get offended when I <laughs> right. call you short or something. Like yes. I said the other day, Houdini was, Houdini said something and I was uh, like, oh, uh, we should take silhouettes of, no, Scotto said we should take like silhouettes of players and stuff i'm like why houdini's gonna look like a character of lord of the rings like what 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 is that gonna accomplish and he like we just go back and forth because he can take it and he dishes it back out if you can't take it then don't say anything for real bro just stay out of that game okay you're not to that level yet (laughs) there's, there's a kid at extreme who thinks i hate him yeah and that's just because he's really annoying sometimes like we'll be talking like we'll have be having this conversation and out of nowhere you'll be you'll all you hear is hey doc did you see this and i want to show you that he'll interject and i'll just look at him and be like dude stop fucking talking can you not see i'm in a conversation he's like oh doc hates me i'm like i don't hate you. you're just annoying oh. sometimes well that see this is the problem with uh, i was just talking to my wife about how you know parents have a job to teach their kids manners respect you know all this stuff to you know and and basically the the basic rules of the society that you're you know that they're going to live in as adults uh because when they're little the main consequence is just around their parents right their family and as they get older and older and older you know there's different steps so they start going to school now if they're you know rude or whatever the teacher might yell at them and then when you're in high school Go ahead and disrespect somebody, you know, the wrong person, you get punched in the face. Um, like there's consequences along the way. And then when you're an adult, uh, you know, 18 or older and you're not a minor anymore, you do something stupid. You might end up in jail or with a record or some bullshit because all because your parents didn't take the time to teach you manners and respect. And I think some of these kids are growing up like that kid. They don't, they don't know. Like if I interrupted my parents when they were talking to somebody, when I was growing up, you get scolded. You don't want to get smacked or nothing, but you get scolded. And uh, that's that's part of life. You know, that's part of your parents teaching you, hey, wait till someone's done talking. Okay, it's not good manners to interrupt. But, yeah, some. <laughs> it's, that's so that I have like two two points on that one. One, my, my daughter uh, learned that one. And it 
kind of came in like a couple different forms. Like she, when she would interrupt, I would continue talking to the person and then she'd keep interrupting. And I would like say in a louder voice, can you see I'm having a conversation? And she'd be like, yeah, I'm like, okay, then why are you interrupting me? And it got right. to a point where she stopped interrupting and she's had consequences for her actions. Like one day when she was a lot younger, she, we lived near a CVS and she went in there and her friend was actually putting items in my daughter's backpack. Then when they walked oh. out, the alarm went off and they ran because they're right down oh. the street from our house. They ran. So I found out about it yeah. and I took her and w didn't yell at her. Nothing. Just walked her right back to CVS. And I said, you pick out everything that you just stole. And she was obviously shaken. And she picked out everything. I said, now you go explain to that manager what you did. Yeah. And she was crying, but she she said, I stole these items. And I told the manager, I'd like to pay for these items, but I'd like you to keep these items right. to make up for what my daughter stole. Swipe my card for, I think it was like 40 bucks. And I looked at my daughter and I said, you understand that daddy can buy 10 of every one of these items, right? And she's like, really? I'm like, yeah, you ever need money? You ask me. You don't steal right. a single thing. So she learned that humbly. But mm -hmm. a lot of kids Good for today, you, man. For real. To do that, though, oh. to go back and take care of that, good for yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But she she learned that one. And, you know, she's been humble ever since. When she was just a baby, uh, like, I'm super proud of my daughter. I love my daughter to death. She yeah, lives with sure. her mom. Me and her mom, unfortunately, split up. You know, I love her mom to death. And I would love another chance with her mom. We were together for, you know, 15 years. Oh, wow. Um, so I... It, I'm very proud of the woman that my daughter's become. Um, right. But she she learned that she learned the consequences to her actions. And you know, she when she was a baby, um, she used to go to church every single Sunday with yeah. my ex's friend's parents. Mm. And one day she came home and she said she wanted to pack up all the toys on her own accord, all the toys that she doesn't play with. And we said, okay, what do you want to do with them? She said she wants to donate them to kids who don't have any toys. Wow. So she actually packed up toys that she didn't play with anymore and donated them to kids yeah. that didn't have any toys, all on her own accord. And I was like, yeah. holy shit. But like a lot of these kids, this is the second point, don't, have, don't think about consequences for their action. Because mm -hmm. there was actually an incident where... Um, the the kid who tried to have my teammate jumped uh, kind of got consequences to his action. Now, I'm not, you know, supporting the decision, but they played a game at Extreme. The, my teammate and the kid were playing a game in the public field, and my teammate put, you know, that it was an Extreme game where feathering was allowed, and... My teammate put a couple extra shots into the kid. Not a whole mag dump, not a full right. auto dump. He put maybe like 10, 15 rounds into the kid. And it resulted in some consequences. Now, I'm not going to say what the consequences were, but yeah. the kid complained. And the kid was 16. He's like, I'm a minor. The same kid who threatened to have my teammate jumped. Right. So in my eyes, that was consequences for his actions. Right. But these kids hide behind I'm a minor yeah. or you shouldn't have done that. That's 
against the rules, but they feel like they're untouchable. Mm-hmm. So it is what it is. I mean, kids just don't understand there's consequences to their actions. And when they meet the consequences, they complain. Yeah. Well, I think, so, uh, I think for the most part, from what I've heard, uh, is, you know, talking with different people, the airsoft community is probably one of the best places for these younger guys, you know, you know, guys and girls getting into the sport. Uh, it's probably one of the best environments for them to get around because of people like yourself and most people I've talked with that have been in the sport for, you know, any length of time that are older, mature, you know, more mature. They're, they're all very uh, giving. They're, you know, and these kids are learning that by example. Now they're also learning from, some of the shitty videos that they see on, on YouTube or whatever. But I think for the most part, uh, you know, the majority of the players, teenagers or whatever, are are going to be kind of funneled into that, hey, uh, this is a wholesome community kind of thing. This is a, you know, good thing to be around. Um, don't, you know, it's a game of honor. Don't be a dick. You know, all that kind of shit, right? I think the majority of the players are, are like that. And I think uh, it's a good environment for sure from what I've heard and seen for these uh, teenagers to be in. I think the 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 more people that are more mature and, you know, people like me who try to help the community, if we outweigh the toxicity, then it'll make it better. Because one of the kids that was actually talking shit about me a lot um, the one who actually met me in person, he now plays Speedsoft, mm-hmm. and we get along pretty well. Like I'll I'll say hi to him. We'll we'll shoot the shit for a little bit, but he plays on the Speedsoft field now, and he doesn't give me any trouble. Yeah. And that's not by force. That's not by you know you know any type of consequence. It's just by you know him actually taking the time or me like constantly getting into you know hey there's this like the the one thing that really got him was uh when i first started talking to him and trying to mend that that relationship i guess or start that relationship was i let him use my ssg1 on the Mm. speed soft field i said here take this take my mags go play and ever since then he saw the generosity and like and it wasn't for my own personal gain. Like right. I wasn't like bribing him to like me. I don't care no. if people like me. I really right. don't care. But it was more of a don't judge me until you know me. And yeah. that kind of stuff. I'm trying to build the community at extreme and get rid of the toxicity. And it seems to be working for the most part. Because now he tells his friends, you know, Doc's not actually not a bad guy. Like I've been saying, you know, he's actually a really good guy. Right. Once they know, then it gets passed down, and then people are like, okay, well, maybe we shouldn't be this toxic. Hopefully, that's the goal. But toxicity sure. will never be, never be out of airsoft. There will always be toxic players. But it's just how we combat that. Like by you know doing it with anger, it doesn't work because then they become more toxic. Yeah. So yeah, it is. It is what. It's still a great sport, though. It's it's really good for, you know, both physical and mental health, too. Yeah. Because you, you get out there, you get your mind off your troubles. You know, you play speed yep. soft, and you're always trying to 
look around, see what's going on. You're not focusing on my dog just died. My girlfriend left me. You're focusing on, okay, this guy's over here, over here, over here. Same thing with like, like Milsim style games. Like you're, you're focusing on an objective. You're not dwelling right. on what's going on. You could sit at home and dwell all you want. Yeah, but it's, it's bad. worse for you. It's worse. It's a bad place to be, man. Being stuck in right. the house and uh, whether it's, you know, from a physical thing where you literally can't get out like I was, or if you're, uh, you know, gripped with anxiety and fear of being around other people, you know, and that's a fairly common thing as well. Like get yourself out of the house, get around people, you know, airsoft, you get around other people, you get in close proximity, you talk, you build friendships, you build relationships, uh, in some way. And, uh, you know, it's a great, uh, competitive sport. So, like in tournaments, like you were saying, you know, like you're you're uh, you're friends with these guys, but when that whistle blows or whatever, when, it, when the game starts, fuck you, bro, I'm taking you down. And then right after, right. hey man, good game, you know. That's that's uh that's what feels really good in sports. You know, when I was in football or whatever it is, it's uh when you have that really strong competitive thing that builds the camaraderie. Um, even if you get in fights, you know, you know, verbal, you're yelling at each other, you're pissed off, uh, at, when the game's over, Hey man, we're good to go. You know, right. that's, that's happened to me too. Like I've had good friends of mine, on really good competitive teams. We've actually screamed at each other in <laughs> the second staging of, of extreme, like yeah. talking shit. And he's like, nah, fuck you, bro. Fuck you. You, you were talking shit. And I'm like, stop. Like I wasn't like, hear me out. And then at the end of it, you know, we shake hands and, you know, we hug it out and everything's good. At the end of the day, we're still friends with each other and you know, we sure. talked it out. So, and some of these guys are like the guys that I would go to for like, like mental health. Like I've gone to extreme for mental health breaks, not to play, just to be around people and mm -hmm. some some of my teammates some of these airsoft guys like some of the people i've played with some of the people friendships i've made i could pick up my phone and i could call and be like listen i'm in a rough spot i just want to you know have someone to talk to i've called scotto on my way back from extreme just to shoot the shit we've had 45 minute conversations just shooting the shit because i didn't feel like driving like without talking to somebody or Sure. I just wanted to, you know, have, you know, just talk to somebody, not in like a mental health capacity. Like I'm down on myself, just uh, talk to friends, catch up on them. Cause you never know when that phone call to that person might help them out. Cause they may right. be in a rough spot. So you pick up your phone, you check on your friends, you know, it's, it's always good just to improve your mental health or improve someone else's mental health just by helping. Right. I hear you, man. Well, listen, bro. It's been uh, it's been awesome talking with you, and uh, great to meet you finally. Uh, I've known about you for a while, and uh, recently started hearing your name a lot more. And um, so I'm glad we got to work this out. Yeah, I'm I'm glad to you know be here, and I'm, I appreciate you having me on here. You know, hopefully one day we can meet up somewhere, and whether it's at EA Fest or whatever. I mean, I might be going down to Indiana. For NSL, I mean, okay. some way I'm sure we'll cross paths, and I'm sure it'll be a good time. If you can make it out to EA Fest next year, that would be fantastic. Yeah. Well, you know like, what you were saying earlier. You know, like the when they had that event, all these different people came out. So originally, 
I wanted to go to that event because of the people. And then, uh, and I still do, uh, I want to meet everybody, you know, that you, you know, we were talking about. And then, but now because all these people, you know, and a couple of people I've talked with, uh, have talked so highly about this field. I want to go see this place. I want to go check it out. Uh, so it's a, it's kind of a, you know, I, I have two reasons or pulls to go there to uh, meet all you guys and also, uh, check out the field. So yeah, definitely. Um, it, it is, I, I'm way more open to traveling now than I was, mm-hmm. uh, because I'm, my health is a lot better. Um, I can move around a lot more, um, a lot easier. So hell yeah, dude. That's it. It'd be great to have you up here. I mean, I'm sure the, the guys up here would be grateful and, I mean, it'll, it'll just help out, you know, with the podcast too. People will know who you are, right. you know, a lot, even some people up here didn't know who, who CJ C7 Viper was until right. EA Fest. And, you know, now they know who he is, you know, EA Fest is just a huge community get together. I mean, we had a bunch of different vendor booths and just people like just cohabitating inside of extreme watching the games. And when I went down to SS, uh, people had heard of me, but they had never met me. And I was standing next to Ben from Blowback Masters, shooting the shit. Didn't know who the fuck he was. He didn't know yeah. who I was. And then I showed him a picture of my Kappas, and he was like, oh, shit, are you Doc? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm Ben from Blowback Masters. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, shit. You know, same thing with Rogue Customs, you know, and, yeah. and all those guys. I didn't know who they were by face, and then now we form those relationships. So if, like I said, if you can get up, it's usually September 23rd, 24th, 25th ish. That's what it was this year, the end of September, right. you know, they'll have it next year. It'll be their, uh, third, 14th year anniversary. Okay. Something like that. So it, it'll just get bigger and better. I mean, we have a little, uh, block party on Sunday where all nice. local vendors come down uh, we had the tournament on Saturday, and we had like regular gaming check out the store and the field stuff on Friday. But yeah, if you can get down here, even if you get down here before EA Fest, it's it's a fantastic time. Yeah, definitely not going up there in the winter. Uh, y'all can have your snow, okay? I'll stay uh, in the thirty degree whatever at night, uh, but there's no snow here usually. Fair, <laughs> but spring, summer. Oh yeah, and fall. You know, fall's pretty. Yeah. We so, we have outdoor uh, fields up here too. Right. Awesome, man. But yeah, absolutely. Well, where uh, where can everybody find you online? Uh, I'm on Instagram. Instagram is my main platform. It's Ness uh, underscore Doc. Uh, that's my main platform. So if you go on Instagram, type in Ness N E S S underscore D O C. That's my Instagram. Give me a follow, and then. I always help people out if people have any questions about Kappas or stuff. Not anything else because I don't know shit about anything else. But <laughs> Kappas, I can. I always help people out. I just helped Rosie. Uh, he oh, sent. Nice. He sent me his his grip because he was having issues. His frame. He sent me that yeah. whole thing. I fixed it for him and sent it back to him. Uh, Rosie wants to one v one me, uh, oh, so I, I keep I keep calling him out on that, but he keeps backing up. So. Oh no, Rosie! Rosie. What the fuck, dude? Come on now, because hey, him and AJ, you know, I talked to both of them with, uh, you know, I had Cerberus Unbound on, 
and uh, and and I was talking to Rosie. I met uh, Rosie at uh, SS Airsoft for the um, Call of Duty event. Yeah. So, um, Cerberus yeah. just broke up too. Oh, did they? Oh, I need to yeah. talk to them, man. I need to talk to AJ. Okay. AJ AJ's selling all his stuff. If you go on the Cerberus Unbound Georgia uh, Instagram, yeah. you'll see like his stories and stuff is him selling all this oh, stuff. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's too bad, man. Rosie calls me all the time. Like I'll get yeah, like Rosie's two cool. phone calls a day from Rosie. <laughs> it's great. I You're love like, it. He's like, fuck my... you, dude. Uh, I'm going to beat your ass in one V one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's like, so him and Micah are, I call them my sons. And nice. Micah's, the, Micah's the same way. Micah's like, uh, you know, he'll call me dad. He'll be like, dad. And he, <laughs> Micah came up here with his dad and he looked at me. He's like, dad. And I'm like, that's confusing. Cause there's yeah, two of right? us. Mm-hmm. So Rosie and Micah are my children, apparently. Nice. But awesome, yeah, man. absolutely. Oh, I appreciate you, bro. And, uh, I'll have the links for all your team and, and, uh, and your Instagram in here when it comes out. And, uh, I look forward to uh, talking with you again. Hopefully, we need to talk to uh, whoever we need to talk to over the next year or whatever to get a national ranking system. I want to see a, a playoff system nationally and a Super Bowl for Speedsoft uh, here in the next, uh, you know, in the future where we all know, like inexperienced people like myself will know who the best team, Speedsoft team is in America. Yeah, absolutely. That would be that would definitely be something for Roy. Over yeah. at SpeedQB. He's awesome. uh he's the one to talk to about that. Cool. All right, dude. You have a good night, man. I appreciate you. You too. Have a good night.